Come and get your love. That's the only lyric I know of the song. Oh, shoot. This, this has become a, a real issue for me that I've realized as time's gone on that I, I only know one line of 99% of the songs that I listen to. <laughs> Sounds about right. I guess that shows how important the music is. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm never listening to the lyrics. It like just never happens. And then when I actually do go back and listen to lyrics, I'm like, whoa, that was so like poignant and meaningful. And then I just forget about it completely. <laughs> Hey, so I think we're all going to be in uh, Minneapolis, right? Is that, is that a for sure thing? I got my song? tickets. Andrew, Champ, you're coming? Officially this morning, I retrieved my tickets. from That's awesome. From the great Tim. Thank you, Tim. You are the man. We're Thank all you, Tim. going to be together, guys. In one yes, yes. all five of us. Mm-hmm. An entire GG crew. That's, That's amazing. Epic. Nice. If I told you... to meet you guys. Yeah, if I told you that I uh, didn't know where Minneapolis was, would you believe me? I would. I yes, would absolutely no, believe no you. You're from New Jersey, so of course you want to know there's where that is. Other <laughs> places besides New Jersey in the United States of America. Yeah, there's <laughs> New York and Pennsylvania. They, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like you're from New Jersey, of course you don't think there's other. They cover. States. They cover me. They block me from all the other states. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. I remember when I came to El Paso, somebody's like, hey, when they gave me my orders for where I was going to be stationed, they're like, you're going to El Paso, Texas. I'm like, I'm going to Mexico? <laughs> I completely ignored the Texas part. <laughs> like, I think I would have said the same thing, like, damn, bro. I really thought I was going to Mexico. I pretty much am, but... <laughs> so I feel you on that, champ. <clears throat> I just knew Florida was like a, a state somewhere out in the ether. That's all I knew, because I just knew everybody from New York <laughs> went to Florida at some point when they retired. That's all I knew. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I was watching a, a video. You guys know uh, that YouTube channel, Good Mythical Morning? Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Red and Link. Yeah. yeah. They were doing a video where they were trying to pinpoint all of the, uh, the what are they called? The capitals of each of the states. But first, they had to put where the states were. And I knew... When I, when I, when I, I'm being completely realistic here, I probably knew four capitals total. And the fact that they not only knew like half the capitals, but also knew where to place all the states just blew my mind. I had, I probably know where to place like 12 states out of the 50. There's 50 states, right? Um, yeah. Well, well, two of them aren't in the black. Yeah, isn't it like 52 now or something like that? Wait, 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 hold on. This is the worst question ever, but I've got to ask, and I, I think Alan's on my side here. Is there 50 states within the mainland of USA and no. then the additional two, or are those included? I think in it's the 52, 50? but 50 are in the mainland, right? No. Is, is that no. right? Okay. Well, Alaska <laughs> and Hawaii. like, no, shut up. You guys are so fucking stupid. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Gaijin Geography Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can really tell we're well, gaijin. We don't even, even know to our, our own, own country. country. <laughs> don't even know our own country. That's why we well, can still be called gaijins while in America. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we're yeah. still gaijin to other states. But anyways, welcome to the Gaijin Guys podcast where we talk about Japanese music news and other music related things. And we do have a couple other music related things to talk about. We're gonna talk about Rick Bieto's blocking. We're gonna talk about Take the Tech and the fake drummer situation because I do have some more insight on it that um I think. 
I want to add to what Tank was saying, just adding more to it um, about fake drums being used in samples. So I'm excited to talk about that. We have new Hanabie release coming out in June. We're going to talk about today. And we got a bunch of K-pop stuff to talk about with uh, Champ and Andrew. Um, welcoming Andrew on today, filling in for Ryan. Ryan is in Japan right now, so we're excited to talk to him later on. He might be in the chat wandering around. But um, yeah, so we'll just start off with how's everyone doing this week? We'll start with you, Andrew. How's your week going? No. Yeah, thanks. Uh, super busy. Real life work keeping me real busy. Uh, the fun joy of being an IT professional. Some of you may know about that. Uh, it's always an interesting challenge. But other than that, I've been working on our website, gaijinguys.com, trying to build it up as a platform uh, for us and all you guys to get more information about uh, the J-Rock news and K-pop stuff and uh, just all sorts of stuff that we cover here. So yeah, I'm excited to build that up and that's been keeping me pretty busy. So we're going to be looking at expanding that. Uh, and doing more and getting more stories out there for everyone. Oh, we just got a confirmation from uh, Laura Vardor. He said 50 states, 40 in the, 48 in the continental U.S. Yes, that's what they call, call it. And then plus Alaska and Hawaii. Why did I think 52? I wonder why the number 52 in my brain. Because the two just Probably. feel like they, they stand apart from the others. But mm. yeah, we shouldn't have had to need confirmation on that. We are very dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the confirmation. We, we, he is our fact checker officially as of right now. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Chant, what about you, man? Um, my week was uh, probably the least interesting week you could possibly get. I I took my life and I, I removed it from where I am right now. I just got back last night oh. and I went and stayed in a solitary cabin-like home for the last week with uh, very poor internet. And so after the first day, I just gave up on the internet completely. So I kind of lived in non-internet world for the last like six days treat mm. which was uh you know i was sick i had the diverticulitis and i, I i'm still kind of in recovery mode with that but i gotta tell you man like it was uh refreshing to, to to say the least you know like i've been really really coming up on that like god i hate the internet part you know every once yeah. in a while you go through that like cycle and you like hit that moment and you're just like fuck the internet i i want nothing to do with this right now everything on here is awful right and uh, I was actually presented with the opportunity to take that up, so I did. And Good for you, uh, I'm man. back now. I'm I'm cool. I'm getting back into the internet and stuff. Good for but you, like, man. it was nice to get that to, to get that reprieve. Like seriously, I I really really suggest that everybody do that. Like once a year, just mm -hmm. take like five days away from the complete like the screens encapsulating everything and like just reading the news on Twitter and all that shit that just like it ruins your mm -hmm. life. Just take take five days away from it. Unplug and go touch some grass. Does it? Yeah, exactly. You know, see the blue sky out there. Exactly. And they had like a garden over there too. And like, I don't have a garden in my house, but I was just like, just the idea of like going outside and watering the garden was like a nice kind of like daily routine this that a, I got into enjoying I, the outside. BM's got a point here. He said there are cabins in New Jersey. <laughs> Yeah, see, so the, the thing that people don't know about New Jersey is that New Jersey, you could just drive like 10 minutes away from any area and hit like a new terrain, right? Like you go from like, like the foot, the forest, like the woodlands over to like disgusting city area in like a 10 minute drive. And yes, cabins, cabins are one of those things that you can find randomly throughout the course of the uh, radio. Rafa said without internet, did you know what state you were in? <laughs> I didn't need to know what state I was in. That was the the great part about it. Who could gives have been a in fuck? Wisconsin? Yeah, it could have been anywhere. It didn't matter to anybody. It just I was just sitting out there until I will say until Wednesday night hit, and mm. being in New Jersey, 
uh, we had the same issue that New York had, where the Canadian wildfires had spread entirely yeah. into our state. So we couldn't, I couldn't physically leave the house for the last two days on Thursday and Friday, which was awful, bro. Like you, you just opened the door and it just smelled like burning tires everywhere. The sky was orange. It was crazy. It looked like the apocalypse. Oh, Wait, man. did you see any of that? Was were skies kind of orangey yeah. over you? They were actually two, two or three weeks ago. It was a lot worse than it was this past week. We had a lot of just smoke everywhere, and like, I had this constant headache, and I think that's why it's because there was smoke in the air. Anyone know what's actually going on in Canada? Like, I don't keep up yeah, with the news. Yeah, so there was a fire. There's fires yeah. going on that are spreading through because um, I'll be in New York next week. Um, my daughter's graduation. I can't believe that. She's graduating high school. Um, Crazy. Oh. Yeah. I can't believe that wow. much time has Congrats, passed Congrats, Dad. Uh, yeah, so I'm going... I'm, uh, my sister flew me, fly me out next week, so I'm going out there um for a graduation but yeah my buddy joey was telling me there's like it's completely cloudy in syracuse new york like can't even see see the sun or whatnot is what he said but and they're saying it's going to be there for a while i don't know how long as it has it started clearing up yet or anyone heard about that in canada uh, yeah, i doubt it's it. still going yeah because it's going I mean, it, it's it, going right over new york right over central yeah, new york it just cleared up in new jersey yesterday so like yesterday was the first day where like going outside didn't smell like gas anymore but like yeah. I have to say, like these are these are wildfires. You know, they just like happen unless you're, you know, a conspiracy theorist and you think there's <laughs> a bunch of arsonists running around Canada. But these are wildfires. They just happen like they're, when it gets hot out over there and shit it's, like that. It's, so it's not even that. like this is the only time that it could happen this summer. It's confirmed multiple arsonists, I believe. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> just stupid people with lighters. I, yeah, I just I, lo I love the idea of like five guys running through Canada with like lighter and pieces of paper and throwing them. You on know top what? Of leaves. Hey, when I was in high school, I was definitely one of those people that would set a lot of things on fire. There's one time. There's this. Uh, we were skipping school, and there's this thing you go up, and it's like goes up into the trees or mountains or whatever. You walk the sidewalk, and we started a fire on the sidewalk. So it could be possible. We got so scared, we like put it out. We actually had like the firefighters call on us and everything. Got in a lot of trouble. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not surprised. <laughs> you're not. You're not allowed to light things on fire. Yeah, it's so, just like one of those so things light. they teach so, you when you're young. So kids, do not do that. Do not start mm -hmm. fires mm -hmm. in the middle of a forest. Not smart. <laughs> Yeah, not a good idea. <laughs> Even though America's Fourth of July is coming up soon, and uh, some stands have been opened up selling fireworks, but when I was a kid, uh, we would hide the fireworks in the bathroom because uh, teachers mm. never seem to look in the boys' bathroom before the Doing fireworks. Down the so. toilet. Oh man! Yeah, cherry bombs down the toilet. Yeah, everyone's on top of with these <laughs> comments today, man. Pollution in New Jersey, how novel! <laughs> that was cute. <laughs> What's funny is that was actually one of my main fears. I was like, as soon as this smoke from Canada hits the sewage smell of Secaucus, New Jersey, they are going to combine to create the next COVID. Like this is going to be a terrible virus that is going to kill everybody. Oh my God! I've oh. never heard of Secaucus, but that does sound like Secaucus. <laughs> This is the town where you, you have to drive through in order to get to the train or uh, in order to get to the airport. And uh, it, it, it literally just smells like rotten eggs like the whole time. Like it's it's rats. I heard that's where the New York horrible. mafia buries uh, bodies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to give them a call. I'm not sure. Are deposits there? I'm probably, uh, it's like a, it's like an, it's an industrial complex, I guess. I, I don't know. Wave, how was I don't week? know the, the science of it. Wave, how was your week, man? <laughs> um, it was good. It was a roller coaster. Um, I mean, as you know, Alan, that new Ren song came out this oh, week. God. So there's a big 
emotional hunk in there and really appreciate your video on that too just opening up being after the podcast that i did man i completely i did nothing for 24 hours i just laid out on the couch hoping to heal better because i was still a wreck mm. with that yeah i was supposed to put up so yeah. many videos and i didn't but anyway sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no no you no, should do that sometimes though alan yeah like, especially when you you're dealing with pain yeah you like, should that take that to the heart so much more to depression and stuff hmm. exactly oh. but yeah i mean you were talking about in that video too about how much just constant comments from the internet get to you like when you're posting videos to youtube and you're getting thousands of opinions every day just like in your face and the majority of them are super nice and then you get those ones that just eat away at you and stuff yeah and like just going along with champs thing i think we all could use regular detoxes from the internet mm -hmm. see and that's when i first started off and uh, hopefully people got that warning if you're doing content creating you know I thought I had a pretty thick skin. I thought it was pretty good. But I guess they just it just gets in there somehow and you don't realize it's getting in there. You're like, oh, it doesn't bother me. But obviously it does if you're talking about it, right? So it's definitely better with it now, like well, 100%. But it took like two years to get used to it. So I think that's something that might be overlooked or that's why you see a lot of creators quit and they don't mention it. You ever watch those certain creators? Like, even with reaction channels, there's a lot of people that just stop. There's they tons just of people disappear. That they don't even yeah. say anything. They're they not like I'm, I'm done. They just it just goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Just go away. So um, that's like the first thing that like I think some content creators fight with first. Or sometimes they're already thick skinned and they're already able to do it. I don't know. You would think I like for me. I thought I'd be used to it because of how I grew up. So I was like, you think you would be, but I guess not. You know. I think because so. it's so constant and so yeah. many different people like uh, for me if i make one little screw up in a video and i already know but i post yeah. it anyway because it's a first time reaction you can't really re-record those so <laughs> you post something you know you did something stupid in and then you get a comment yeah about it and you get that same comment from like 200 different people mm. and you're like yeah i know by the 200 200th time you get it you're like you're like, man, I just suck at this. You know what I just yeah. realized? You know what I just realized, Wave? What I think it was? In school, I could fight back. Like, I got, I would get into fights. I would, like, somebody said anything, I was always fighting back. So I think at certain, some certain point, they can't say anything. But on the internet, you can't really fight back. It's like, there's no conclusion. It's just, like, up in the air, <laughs> you know? I think yeah. that's what it is, actually, the difference. Maybe. Yeah, and yeah. if you're if you're the content creator, you come off as petty when you fight back with the comment section. Yes. Yeah. You know what exactly. I mean? Like you're you're meant to be like you're supposed to be like psychologically speaking, I guess you're supposed to act as the bigger person in that situation. Yeah. But like yeah. we're just normal people just like the commenters. So yeah. so sometimes yeah. it does get really difficult Seems not like to. To it's human nature that we want to we sort of get focused on the negative because that's part of our inner brain's sort of thinking mm -hmm. like and, and I'll write like a really good article. I'm like, oh, oh, I nailed it. And then I'll see a comment. Hey, you had a comma splice there. I was like, I'll never have a comma splice again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, that's wait. a good way to look at it. Taking it as constructive criticism and yeah. improving. <laughs> Wave back right, to your yeah. week, though, man. How, how was your week? Sorry, <laughs> kind of derailed you there. Oh, it's no worries. Um, other than that, like. Had some fun live streams, discovered some more cool new music, which I can't remember the names of right now. But Ryan showed up in my stream, and we want to start talking about some smaller Japanese bands that we've been hearing about. 
which not this week because we already got a packed program. But when Ryan's back, that'd be fun to start highlighting some some of these really small, like less than a thousand yeah. subs bands. Yeah, we really did it. Good. We did it last week, Wave. So we're yeah, down to do it again. So that. so if you want to talk about it right now, go for it. Do you have a list ready or? Oh no. Oh okay okay. No, but, but he will next week now next that he's brought week, this okay. up, though, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to wait for Ryan to get back because he is a huge fan of another band, Gordon, that I'm also a huge fan of. Which band are you guys a fr- fan of? Gordon. Oh, Gordon. Oh, it's called Gordon. I thought, I thought you were like, it was some other random person named Gordon that you and Ryan <laughs> yeah, like. Gordon Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, I mean, that's all I can remember from my week right now. So how's your week, Alan? <laughs> Oh, I was doing really well. I had everything pretty going well. Then uh, the Ren reaction and stuff, and um, I don't know, man. Just everything caught up to me yesterday, and I, I was finally feeling uh, pretty good, I guess you could say, to a certain extent. And I was on top of everything, and then kind of just like checked out yesterday. So I've been kind of off the internet also for not too bad. Just like, you know, just laying down pretty much. But I did get a lot done. I have... I have like four Avenged Sevenfold reactions. I really love the new album. I recommend it to people if you like progressive stuff. I really like it. Um, it's really the fun what? for me to listen to the new Avenged Sevenfold album. So I have a oh. bunch of I have a bunch of breakdown videos already done, ready to go. Um, I can't wait to share it with people. Uh, it's really cool. Split up the tracks and do my thing as I normally do. So oh. those are really cool. Working on a new cover with Nam. It's almost done. So getting those. We got Wave Potter who's joining us too on that track, doing bass. Sweet. Um, can't wait to share that with you guys. So actually I'm filming some drum parts right after this. Um, so it'll be, I can't wait to get that cover out soon. That's pretty Does the new it. Avenged Sevenfold sound more like their old music or their newer music? It's, it's new. It's new. Avenged well, Sevenfold. I know the album is No, no, new, no. But... I mean, it sounds nothing like any of their other stuff. It, that's okay. what I love about it. Like it has pieces of other, the, uh, of their other things. And of course you have the classic M shadows vocals on it. To me, I think he's really underrated as a unique vocalist he is such a unique vocalist because nobody sounds like him i could i was to think about i was doing a reaction to to uh the first song uh game over and i'm like dude nobody sounds like this guy like he just makes whatever riff he's singing over interesting just because of the, his tone of voice rather you yeah, hate he's it or got like a, it it's like so a, unique a gruffness to his voice that kind of makes me think of like lemmy motorhead you know just yeah that sort of raw just from the gut kind of yeah you know power the only thing I can think of is like Adam Gantier from Three Days Grace, that super powerful grit. Yeah. But you know, think- how, you know how with Three Days Grace, you still can come up with some vocals that are kind of similar, you know? There's just something about M. Shadow's voice that's like, you can't copy it. Like, it's imp- I don't even know how you'd go about copying his voice. You know, you have well, those vocals. I think, I think you'd have to, like Andrew said, you'd have to have that gruffness of Lemmy, and then you'd have to whine as much as you possibly can, and then you get the M. Shadow's voice. <laughs> I think you're thinking of one similar type of voice. By I'm Shadow, not so. insane! He just, uh, to me, I, I agree entirely. He's got an enti- a completely unique voice, and... Uh, I, I actually really like a lot of Avenged Sevenfold stuff. I thought you were going to say oh, you, come on, like you can't Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah, no, no I, I think, especially their older stuff, I like love yeah. their first two albums. Um, and then, like, um, what, what was the one, the, the one that got them popular, the one with uh, the, the Harlot and the... Beast and the Harlot. Beast and the Harlot, Beast uh, and the Harlot on it. That, that one, I really like that album, too. That album's really um, good. But come on, you can't tell me it doesn't sound like he's crying. 
while he's singing he, throughout he, half the song. He uses that nasally voice. I can hear. It. He has a he could he could have done punk rock if he wanted to. He has a very good punk rock voice. Honestly, I think he could have yeah, done I any style that, of music. I think he could have done any style of music. He would have sounded unique over it because. Back then, there's so many metalcore bands that came out, and that was the only thing that separated you. So you had Lamb of God, the most interesting screams. Nobody sounds like that dude, you know? And then you had Avenged Sevenfold at the time. You had All That Remains. That was pretty different for its time because it was so technical underneath, like during that boom of metalcore bands. I was obsessed with all of them um, at the time. You had Shadows Fall. Me too. They were all so good. Yeah, and it was just amazing. And, like, it was so cool to see Avenged Sevenfold be the one band that stood out from all of them. And, like... Now they're where they're at now. They're the only ones, really, that, like, you know, came up later. Because later on, you had Bring Me the Horizon. You had, like, the second wave, right? You had the other wave of metalcore bands that came afterwards. But the first as initial I lay dying. one. Yeah, As I Lay Dying, too. But, you know, they kind of faded off. Avenged Temple, like, is, like, big status, you know? <laughs> like, they they really went up there, you know? Kill Switch, yeah. Kill Switch mm-hmm, was another one mm-hmm. from that era. And then they kind of started to drift into the whole, like, they started playing together. Those bands started playing together with, like, the the Swedish and Finnish death metal bands that would come over Mm. here, like Children of Bodom and In Flames and all them, Dark Tranquility. It was such a great combination, those uh, metalcore bands over here and the Swedish death metal bands and Finnish death metal bands. They're they're the only bands that could, like, have... they're the only band that could have like interesting music on the radio because Avenged Sevenfold was on the radio and you're like, wow, this is really technical for the radio. Like, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. See, I kind of felt that that's, I, I kind of viewed them similarly at, when I first heard them to um, like System of Down, how it was like this, this heavy and fast like metal music, but it was kind of like mm-hmm. more appealing to mainstream people more than most other stuff. Avenged Sevenfold in the beginning wasn't like that though. Like if you listen to their first two albums, they were pretty much just like a metal band, but yep. then they started to like, they found their voice, I think in the Backcountry album. And then like, yeah. uh, it allowed them also for him to he didn't have to scream as much so he's been able to with with that sound that creative the unique voice of that he has has been able to like kind of almost reinvent them as time has gone on to keep that to keep them relevant you know so i do give them a lot of credit for that i may be super normie but i still like hail to the king yeah you know that 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 one just always that's an album i never listened to i stopped listening to them after the self-titled album so i'm Actually, I was telling people like that have checked out my new Avenged Sinful reactions. If you guys want me to go back to older albums, I can because I actually never listened to Hell to the King. I only listened oh, yeah. to that song, like the self-titled song, but I never listened to the album. So, mm. Yeah, so I, honestly, <clears throat> the only reason I know Avenged Sevenfold is because I covered <clears throat> that song, I'm Not Insane, and Beast and the Harlot with one of my friends, and those are the only two I've ever heard. Which were all great, great songs, I'd man. I have a lot to catch up on. You, anyways, you, I think you would like Backcountry, by the way. I think you should check out just the song Backcountry. It's really, really good. Just check out City of Evil, the whole album. Uh, yeah, I think the, you the album is it. awesome. It's yeah. it's a really, really clever, unique album. That's the album that Beast in the Heartless on, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, sweet. Yeah, it is. Um. Anyways, I want to say, hey, Ryan, welcome. Welcome to the chat. We got Ryan in the chat. As you guys all know, I mentioned earlier, he's in Japan right now. I can't wait to hear his report. He's going to see Asterism, it seems like, first, so that's really cool to see. Um. Can't wait to hear your report on everything, Ryan. I'm super excited just to have you on and talk about all that news. Um. And Ryan, if you missed it, we're all going to be together in Minneapolis. So um, yeah. can't just confirm mm-hmm. that. But I just want to go ahead and mention today's sponsor of the video, Diana Laura. She does custom brass designs, and 
you can have her make anything you want. Just hit her up, contact her. She has a contact thing at the top, dianalonadesigns.com. She'll make anything for you. She has a shop too with stuff that's already made. You can see stuff that she's made for other people already. And go check it out, guys. Like she has like some really cool stuff on here. And let's get into the first article. So Wave, take it off. So Wave's gonna talk about um, Rick Beato's latest video about blocking. I know Rick Beato always talks about blocking constantly. And I, he mentions in the video why he keeps bringing it up. And I think it is very important to keep bringing it up for older bands to hopefully catch on, stop blocking people, and actually get people to watch their music. But anyways, I'm going to let Wave take it away. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, this is a topic that's, that I've been kind of really you know, thinking about a lot lately is the topic of classic rock bands, sharing them with new generations, helping immortalize their music because they had such a massive impact on the rock music we have today, you know? And so when, I, uh, for me personally, it was a close subject because when I did my Pink Floyd reaction, there was a huge chunk of comments that were like, you've never heard of Pink Floyd. There's no way you're a rock musician. And I kind of started thinking about that. Like you treat people who haven't heard Pink Floyd before like this, Howard, you know, it's going to, decrease the number of people who actually want to listen I'm to them and what was that no no, no go ahead oh, was sorry that that Rick? Was my fault that was my fault my fault go ahead <laughs> and slowly over time they're just going to keep shrinking 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 and pitter out you know can because i insert something in 100 real quick? years there's going to be a whole new set of people on earth can what i insert say? something real quick to what you're saying yeah. You brought up a really good point i never even thought about the fans are doing the same thing that the blockers are doing technically right yeah what you're getting at kind of yeah just a small minority of them but (laughs) like because that pink floyd video you know got so many views it had a lot of those comments like you're not a rock musician and i was like okay why why would i want to do another reaction to but um that said we know like reactions have such a huge impact on music spreading now and fan fans of that music uniting getting together and also sharing new bands new music with people and taking that and then listening to rick beato's new video here he mentions a lot of interesting stuff about bands that are blocking reactions and also something marty friedman said when they were riding in the car that he didn't mention during the interview but i thought was the perfect way to explain this so now just let rick take it away just like two minutes to seven minutes i think it's just a section um if that's cool with you guys yeah yeah absolutely here we go i got it just tell me what the end i got it right here nearly 13 and a half million monthly listeners that tells you that Jimi hendrix isn't even close to that at 9.3 million he's probably not in the top thousand That's hard to imagine, right? And I've said this before, that Jimi Hendrix is being forgotten. Same with ACDC, and I think the same with the Beatles. When I started my channel, when I would mention the Beatles, people loved Beatles videos. They did. I'm a huge Beatles fan. I'm obsessed with Rick Beato videos on YouTube. Wait, who is this? Rick Beato. I don't know who that is. He's a music producer. He's a Beatles fan, so there's a lot of shit ton of Beatles in there. But Brene hates it when I talk about the Beatles. Now, some bands retain their coolness, even if they haven't released a record, like Nirvana or ABBA, 27.8 million monthly listeners. Huge. Queen huge and they've done it either without their their lead singer Kurt Cobain has been gone since 1994 
That's almost 30 years. But when Kurt Cobain died, he was immortalized at 27 years of age. The thing is that kids really connect with the music. But do kids necessarily connect with the Beatles? I don't think so. I know why the Eagles will be forgotten. Their blocking policy is ridiculous. Don Henley seems to think it doesn't work. The notice and takedown system of the DMCA does not work. Trust me, any Eagles video will get taken down immediately. The net effect of blocking people from actually talking about their music or even doing tutorials on the Eagles, just like you cannot do tutorials on Guns N' Roses. Otherwise, they will block you. What is the sense in that? As time has moved on over these seven years, I've noticed the, the Beatles' influence waning. People in the comment section, oh, I don't want to hear about the Beatles. And I just want to mention, so, yeah, because it shocks me, like, Wave, when I ask you about some bands that you don't know. And, like, I think uh, I use you as an example of, a, you know, yes, there's some people that don't know some of the bands. Because I guess I was pretty ignorant into thinking, assuming that people would just know, like, uh, Jimi Hendrix or like it, I brought up the Beatles to someone they're like who's that I'm like I was fucking shocked I was like what yeah somebody said who's that <laughs> I was like I was Steppenwolf too is like another one I don't think they get blocked but you know just in general they're being forgotten about since nobody's like talking about mm -hmm. them or whatnot and yeah and um, just to hear the other side like I would be shocked too if I if someone didn't know who the Beatles were because they were one of the most formative bands to me they were the first classic rock band i ever heard you know? so Sorry oh, to i know i want to throw something in there too so i have so many thoughts on this moment tried my best to hold on to most of them until the end of this but before he moves on from this i, I just want to say there's this element where i completely agree with everything that he's saying so far by the way i just want to throw that out there but what i've come to notice is that it's not just down to what uh, how the the music is being gatekeeped or 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 the blocking and stuff like that i've found that there is a genuine disinterest from my son's generation in exploring that music anyway so while i agree that what he's saying it, it, it is affecting it negatively like the the ability to keep these bands around I honestly don't know how much it would change, even if, if if there was like this huge explosion of being allowed to do hear anything that you want on YouTube and no blocks, no copyrights, no, nothing like that. I am not sure that there would even be that much of a dramatic difference in what the I got no current I, I think generation would, would be listening to. I think there would be actually, champ, because for example, it was that famous bassist, right? He's on the younger end, right? Right wave. I can't remember his name. He's like an amazing bassist who did like a cover of. I think it was Hotel California, and he did it completely. Oh yes, based. Charles Burton. He has a lot of young audience that would go check out the. Would and go check those out the people cover, are already you know? listening to rock music. Those people have already explored. They've already gone down the path. They know who Guns N' Roses is. They know but, who Led Zeppelin. But at least somebody's is. listening. Yeah, but to you'd them. think that. But look at all the stuff I don't know. Yeah. Even though I've been in the rock music scene for twenty years. You, yeah, you've heard of Guns N' Roses though. Well, like I've if. Heard. if yeah. If but I like, asked you if you knew who Led Zeppelin was, listens to, did you share with them all of it? Like all well, the there rock you go. stuff. He has you to share with them. Yeah, yeah but, that, really but that's that's not going to change parents. Like parents, if they want to show their kids that music, they're yeah. doing that already. Like the idea that things are getting blocked or 
gatekept is not preventing the parents from showing the children the music that they loved. I think the point is, the point is, is like, for example, I've been doing some more hip hop stuff, which has been pulling in audiences from a different realm. And if they're a fan of you, they're going to listen to the other music you listen to. So that's why you get that cross pollination. Like that, that, that's true. And and I'm not saying that it wouldn't change at all. I'm just saying that I think it would be more minimal than we're thinking right now. And I'm going to stop now because we're going to talk about this a little bit later when we go into the other video that we're talking about. Well, I just want to say, Champ, to your point, you make a good point there because growing up as a kid, I got some of my musical influence from my parents. You know, their records and cassette tapes, me and my brother would listen to those. So I think a lot of this is actually, there is that component of the generational factor you know what your friends what your parents listen to influences you but now that we live in this digital age uh what i'm seeing from some of these older bands and it even happens in japan we've seen this with a lot of the japanese companies it's really that 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 old guard of the business they 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 don't quite understand what it is that's happening here and they just think oh that is a potential loss of revenue so we got to shut it down i don't Mm -hmm. think they I don't think the lawyers, especially who work in the industry, I don't think they see how there's there's a monetary upside to this. Because sometimes I'll ask some in- industry insiders, and you really kind of have a mix between there's marketing people who are like, "Yeah, we love it, reactions are great," but then you got the legal department who's like, "Nope, shut it down, shut it down, we're losing money, shut it down." You know, so you have that fighting fighting that's going on with some of these artists and their labels. That's yeah, really I, I agree with that. They, also, they copyright claim all of the reactions, and they get the revenue from them. So if they're not getting it from the original music video, they're still getting it from all the reactions. Yeah, like, dude, I wonder how much of of a conversation there actually is, how much communication there actually is between like management, YouTube copyright people, like the band themselves. Like, how many levels does it have to go through to get to the band that they know exactly how much revenue they're getting from everything? You know what I mean? Like, they have third parties handling a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So I doubt they're even hyper aware of the upside or the downside in allowing you know stuff to i mean go it's through. like i was talking about this uh just recently like bandmates like crushing it because everybody films their shows and stuff and they get a share of all those little videos but guys that's such a great way to support the band especially since you know bandmate won't block it that's a really yeah. good example of a band that is just like capitalizing it so post every single bandmate video you have because they're going to get a cut, which is amazing. And the more you guys yeah. watch it, the more... I was thinking about that the other day. That's why they're probably super excited to come back to the U.S. also, is they're going to have even more exposure that way. And they're, like, doing it perfectly, you know? I think it's just the right way to go about it. Um, where there's some other Japanese that. bands, like Maximum Hormones, somebody mentioned in the chat, you know, they block some of their videos and it's like it's insane you know but they Um, are young enough see the problem that i have with like them is that they are young enough and aware enough of the upside of the revenue stream that comes through the copyright claims on youtube that they should be able to to know better no you know i don't i don't blame like the eagles you know they they don't know they're old they don't know what's going on do they not have kids Do they not have children? Well, I'm sure that they do, but like, listen, though, I'm 37 and I'm done learning new shit. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> oh, if I'm if right. I'm like 70 and I've been playing music and making money the same way through the, that career, like for the last 40 years, I don't know how much I'm paying attention to like, you know YouTube Champ? copyright claims. Champ, you're right, you're right. Because for me, I'm not done learning shit. I've I've always been in the mindset. I was just joking about learning, that, but but no, you know what I'm saying. No, I believe you. I believe you though. <laughs> 
you just we just found out about 48 states in the continental US, okay? <laughs> See, we learned. Yeah, we got to keep learning. We learned. Can't stop learning. <laughs> Let's get back to no, the You got to learn something new every day. You, you yes. really do. I mean, it's it's what life is all about, realistically speaking. <laughs> right. Rick Beato's channel, except he always talks about the Beatles. I never thought the Beatles would go out of style. And people think that Guns N' Roses won't go out of style or ACDC, but they will. They will. There's too much new music out there that young people want to consume that is made by their contemporaries, by other young people. I had Marty Friedman in here recently, and something he said to me when I was driving him down to his show that he didn't say in my interview with him, he said, you know, new music is just getting newer and old music is getting older. And I said, Marty, why didn't you say that in the interview? He said, because I just thought of it. He's so right. New music is getting newer, meaning there's constantly new things coming out by contemporary artists, by young artists. And the further this music gets in the past, you can't even make enough videos about this. And it kind of gets to, to a point. Going to Champ's point, pretty much exactly what Champ was saying. In, yeah. in essence, it's just so busy out there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they have the last 20 years to work through before they get to the last 30 years and the last 40 years. While yeah. like when we look back at like learning what classic rock was when we were teenagers or whatever, that was like 20 to 30 years ago. But I mean, now it's what, 50, 60 years ago? Like they got decades of music and now with the internet now yeah but now with the internet and like for us we're listening to all this japanese music now it's like almost impossible to keep keep going back right yeah you know keep up with new japanese music that's the thing like i want to listen to all the new music that comes out in in these in the like japanese metal and rock world but i've missed out still on so much of their past music like i don't have the time to catch up on all that shit so so i get where they're coming from and why it's difficult for the new generations who want to go all the way i want to say too with all the music that i've been listening to now it's actually affected my listening of older music that i want to listen to there's some music older music i used to listen to i just don't anymore like corn's a great example have no Mm. interest in listening to any corn songs which i used to love Mm. that band but i can't go back and listen to them i'm like done you know what I mean? Which is, it's just interesting. Or like Limbiscuit, I just stop listening to. So that's another thing. There's some older same, bands but give that it, I'll keep But give that to. another five, ten years, and you might want to go back and listen to it again. I don't know. Because the nostalgia will hit you. Yeah, but only for like one or two songs. I'm not going back like, oh, let me listen to the whole album. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bro, um, I showed my son Limbiscuit's, uh, uh the one with Break Stuff on, and Nookie on it, uh, Significant Other, and he yeah. loved it. And I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm digging this because he's digging it right now. That's but, true, that's true. Sure. Well, that's but, good because for me, like I was thinking about this the other day. I heard a Limp Biscuit song come in, uh, come on, and um, I was thinking I used to like them. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> they've actually have soured on them now. I, uh, I mean, I loved them back in the day. I mean, yeah, break stuff, and, uh, yeah. and of course when Nookie hit big, um, and and now I'm kind of like, why did I like that? Uh, it's kind of falling away from me. I don't. Well, you kind of just you grow out of you. You listen to the, a genre that you like a yeah. lot, and then eventually get bored of it. And then you're like, okay, I'm in a different part of my life. It's it doesn't have the same sentimental value. I call it, it music music maturity, maybe mm. to a certain mm. essence. You know, like if you, I guess we don't think about this, but if you keep listening to new music over a period of years, you just kind of develop newer tastes and newer nuances to your taste in music. 
thick uh, compared mm-hmm. to somebody that just only listens to one decade, like my dad. He listens to one mm-hmm. decade and that's it. Anything out of that decade is like, what the hell is this? You know, it's impossible yeah. to get them out of it, you know? So I think if you're like constantly open-minded and keep introducing new and new and new music, when you go back, you're like, ah, but there's some older bands that stand the test of time, right? Like you go back and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I can still listen to this. This is still great, you know? Yeah. yeah, now, and I just want to be clear also, like, I'm just playing devil's advocate at this point when I say these, like, I personally feel like I want that stuff to still exist, and I feel like I want everybody to have access to it, and I want the kids to care about it. I'm just not sure how realistic it is for all of those things to come together for, for any yeah. change to ever be made in that area. Yeah, like, my mom is a fan of, you know, she grew up on Elvis Presley, uh, and every time an Elvis Presley song comes on, uh, I... I I don't turn it off. I love Elvis. Uh, maybe it's also the relation between, you know, fact I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and Elvis being Memphis, Tennessee. But uh, I think it was last year uh, or the year before last, they did a movie about Elvis. Mm-hmm. And it was unique. It was done by the director who did uh, Moulin Rouge. And mm-hmm. the thing about it was it presented uh, Elvis in a way that also kind of made him hip and contemporary. And it had some uh, contemporary newer artists uh, doing covers of some of Elvis's song. And I mean, it was okay for me. I liked the original stuff, but at least it made me think, okay, I wonder how younger people are when they hear something from from, from so long ago. What do they think of, well, of it? Ryan just mentioned this in the chat. He said, Limbisca's angsty teenager dumb lyrics that happen to have great musicians. Sadly, all anyone remembers is Durst because Fred Durst knew to target the younger audience. He knew to do that because you have to target them because when you're in school, you're not all about the complexity of the vocals and lyrics. You want something that hits home with you. You want something that hits with your struggles when you're a kid. And that's why people remember Fred Durst because I remember listening to Limbisca. That was my outlet. I was angry. He was like the pers- perfect person at the time. Then he had corn and all that stuff. So I think that's why we kind of grew out of him because when you get older, you're like, oh, I don't want to be pissed off anymore. Right. So the like, question should be, yeah. if that, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And and the, the, so the follow-up is, if that that that's their target demographic, the angsty teenagers back then, right? Like if they perform that same music today for the angsty teenagers, would they have the same sort of connection to it? Or is it do they have a different angst now? You I know think what I mean? If they were the same age, if Limbiscuit was the same age, because you gotta remember, Limbiscuit was very close to age demographic. They were like in the early twenties, we were 16, 15, right? So to right. us, it's all the same. So if they were the same age, I think it would still work. Oh, I'm saying I if you show so Limp Bizkit's music from, from, that exists already to a current 15-year-old yeah, kid. No, it won't work if you look at it on the visual standpoint, because most people, when they listen to music, they see the artists and everything, and they include the visuals along with the music. So if they see some old guys singing about your teenage struggles, they're going to be like, well, I don't relate. You know, or they're like, yeah. that connection 100%. Is, is just off. I agree. But if uh, I'm with in, you on this. If, if we took their music and made them 20 years old again and put them back, I think they would still be successful. Because they'd have different struggles. They'd have today's struggles yeah. that they'd be able to relate Fred, to the kids. Fred but, but they were talented. smart. Fred Durst was smart behind it all. He knew the target, yeah. that audience. He knew what the hell he was doing. He knew where the hole was in the society at the time. And he just drove it home, man. He's like, he kept it simple. He kept it understandable. He kept it relatable. And then people were just like, you know, like you said, break stuff. When you're a kid, yeah, that's all you want to do. Like I was just talking about, setting fires everywhere, right? Like it was just really relatable. You're like, yeah, I want to fucking break stuff. I'm so pissed. Yeah, you know? like, I'm done with this shit. You know, it's just one of those days. Every day was yeah, one of those days, yeah, bro. Yeah. And then even, but middle aged twenty year old dudes also had that struggle too, right? Losing jobs, trying to work. People just 
like were pissed off at that time period with what the yeah. way that things were going you know they're shutting down plants and stuff like that so that's why they had a huge base um up north like in the midwest and stuff where people are losing jobs we all forget about everything that was happening at that time when limbiscuit came out it was just so relatable it, yeah definitely get away from it so probably get back to this video <laughs> all right <laughs> That I, I always talk about with my friends, like, how well can you know an album? I was born when the Beatles were putting out their records, and I experienced them 50 years ago. I didn't have to learn the Beatles if I was born in 1990 or something and, and go back to music that was made 30 years before I was born and then try to, to experience the Rolling Stones and Jimi Hendrix and, and Black Sabbath and B.B. King and all the music that was made before I existed. Even bands like Nirvana that stopped putting out records in 1993, or maybe they did, you know, they did some releases later, even that music if I was born in 1990, would have been music really before I was even aware of the music. And one of the things about being 61 years old now is that I've had time to, to listen to all these things. I don't have to go back and listen to Steely Dan's records to talk about them. I listened to them 50 years ago. Or any of the artists from back then. I was alive when... And guess what? I only know about Steely Dan because of Rick Beato. I had no clue who that was, by the way. No clue. Yeah, I know who they are, but also, and this was just making me think because I showed my son um, Led Zeppelin a couple weeks ago for the first time, and he couldn't listen to it because the quality of the recording was so poor. And that wasn't the first time that I heard that complaint, also. And I think that that's a huge determining factor, you know, yep. compared to what you hear today with the clarity. Yeah. If Hendrix was alive, you know, I mean. I knew Jimi Hendrix's music when it was coming out. I knew the Beatles' music when it was coming out. When Stairway to Heaven was being played on the radio, it was a new song in 1971. I listened to it. Stones records, everything for back then. All the stuff that happened in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. When I talk about Gordon Lightfoot, I experienced Gordon Lightfoot when it was coming out. When I talk about Nirvana, I was 30 years old. What was I? 29 years old when Nevermind came out. I knew Bleach before that. I was in my 20s. Was there still more you want me to play off of this wave? Or is it, I think he's uh, just going to go into his What's thing. it at now? It's at 621. I wasn't sure what time okay. to play to. I think, well, I, was, I think it was up till 7. And it's okay. Some, uh, I'm contemporaries. I'm, you know, Kurt Cobain was born in 1967. I was born in 1962, Eddie Vedder 1964, Chris Cornell, what, 1963, something like that. These people are my contemporaries. The guys in the Red Hot Chili Peppers, they've been putting out records since the 80s. And those records I knew back then. The blocking thing. I think people should really rethink them, those artists. I don't know any of these artists. I don't know anyone in the Beatles. I don't know anyone in ACDC. I don't know anyone in the Eagles. I don't know anyone in Guns N' Roses. I don't know anyone in those bands. But one label that I do know that has changed their blocking policy is ECM Records. ECM Records has changed its blocking policy and gone okay, to demonetization. That, that's about it. All right, Wave, go for it. What do you want to say? I, well, I, I think I already pretty much said pretty much everything I was thinking about this video. Just, you know, I think this music's really important because it was so influential on uh, on what we have today. They have
and had to go way back from when I was born to ever discover it. And I, I get the quality thing too. I used to feel the same way too, like your son champ. But like when you, I feel like as you get older, you start to appreciate the authenticity more of stuff. And so it, at some point in his life, Led Zeppelin might be really interesting to him because they were so authentic. They were so raw. They didn't use a click track. John Bonham is an absolute monster on drums, you know, like uh, he had just such a unique feel and, you know, they were a really influential band band for like riff based music and stuff like that. So, you know, I want this music to stay alive and there's just certain things that are happening now that I feel like are really working against that, uh, like blocking and, uh, you know, the gatekeepers that en- inevitably end up in every fan base that are just like kind of nasty to new fans. Yeah. So, all right. I think that's about all I have to say. Anything you guys want to say before we get into the bandmate update? I was just going to say a good point on that because I mean, I was just thinking of a, something that I've always thought about with rock music is that it, it's like the soundtrack of the every person. It's, it's, it gives you music to lift you up, chill you out bring you down the ballads the heavy stuff the hard stuff the soft stuff it's it, it's just it hits on so many different levels it's whatever time whatever phase you're in and um i'm i'm a bit different wave i'm not worried so much about gatekeepers because i think this has always been something in the industry is you've always had times when you had people come in try to slow things down but the music has its own life force and it gets out there and as long as fans you guys keep talking about it keep sharing it uh it's going to continue uh it is we're kind of in a weird place when you look at like some of the numbers uh rock music sort of only like a third of the market um even coming behind country music but still it it still stays there and what's great about it when i look at some of those stats about uh, where rock music tracks is it cuts across a lot of dem- demographics. So it doesn't matter who you are. So I think I'm just trying to kind of reinforce my point that I believe is this is the song soundtracks, the movement that works for the working man, for the soccer moms, for everybody who just wants that to feel that rhythm, that classic hard hitting R and B right to your gut. Um, rock music is, is there for you, no matter what particular flavor you like. Yeah. It can literally be anything like, I feel like rock music has the largest variety of sounds and and topics and everything of any other genre of music because it's you know it's fueled by passion and really you know connects to the soul and I just want to mention why this is so important to me. I know Champ made a good point sharing music with your kids and stuff, but the reason I'm so passionate about this is because I got into my mid twenties and realized just how much music. I hadn't heard. No one had shared it with me. It wasn't passed on to me. And now I'm not the only one. So if someone isn't sharing that with you, that's why it's so important for us to keep talking about, like you mentioned, Andrew. And uh, if we aren't able to, if they block the music and or if they have a bad experience on their first time listening with the fan base, that's, that's going to turn them off from that and it's going to make them not interested in it. Because I know there's a lot of people who who haven't heard a lot of these great bands. So that's why I'm so passionate about it. 
I yeah. agree 100%. I think I think that blocks shouldn't exist obviously. I just think that they should copyright claim all their music so that they can make money off of it. I just I don't I really honestly don't see the upside of blocking something and blocking new fans away. Uh, but I do want to just reiterate that I- I'm not sure how much the bands of yesteryear are aware of this revenue stream and the possibilities that it could possibly bring. As I'm, sh- I-, I assume yeah. they've had their management teams and publishers and stuff taking care of this for the last 30 years for them. I don't know how much of a say they have in it themselves or how much they've even considered it, you know? And just to, just to finally give it off, I want to give hip hop culture a little bit of credit here because. They do keep some of these rock riffs alive by sampling them in music and and the kids go, that's a cool beat, and then find out where it comes from. And it's like, well, ice. <laughs> at, yeah, at least that's one sort of path that they could take Is, together. Isn't it funny how Vanilla Ice got so much crap for that, but then like everybody does it? <laughs> Everybody does it now. Everybody does it. He should be viewed as a pioneer. I know, right? That's what I'm saying. Like he's like technically, you guys. If you didn't know, Vanilla Ice has a really heavy metal album, which is is actually pretty decent. During really? the new metal era, he actually came out with a heavy metal album and redid Vanilla Ice. Uh, mm-hmm. His he redid his like song. What was it called? I already forgot. He called it "Too Cold" in his remix of it, but it was pretty. All heavy with screams. Ice Ice Baby. Ice Ice Baby. Yeah, he re- he redid that song called Too Cold and he put a metal new metal spin on it. It's actually nice. good. But I know anyways, this doesn't sound was- super dorky, but I saw him live, me and a college buddy of mine, after like after his fame had kind of died down, you know, he was like the the flavor of the year when he went really big and then it died down. But like I was in college and so me and a college bud went to see him, was like, all right, we'll check out vanilla ice. Dude, he rocked it. I mean, he like got into like the audience and he was just jamming with the crowd. I mean, the dude was straight up an entertainer when I saw him live. Yeah. So I was kind of surprised that after the fame, he still just was just like there yeah. for the fans. Yeah, I'm not exactly. surprised, bro. I think a lot of these people that get really popular, like, and they kind of like have a gimmick or whatever, we don't really realize how talented they actually can be, you know, because they're not doing. They're not showing off all their talents. I mean, I remember the first time I went to see Avril Lavigne after she kind of like came out of her super popular early 2000s thing. And I was like, she went up there. She played piano. She she played drums. She played guitar. She sang. She danced. She did all this shit. And I was just like, dude, like you would have no idea if you just watched like Skater Boy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's why it's important to watch them live. But fan made news, guys. Or Wave, you have something? I I just had one more thing I I failed to mention because I didn't get a chance to jut in there after he talked about Marty Freeman's quote about, you know, new music keeps getting newer, old music keeps getting older. And this is another reason, like, this is such an interesting question to me about will rock and roll survive beyond, you know, 30, 40, 50 years past it when it was made. Because, you know, we... I guess you guys already brought this up, but we just keep getting more and more new music. And at a certain point, it's impossible to catch up on that old music because you're listening to what's current, what the people who are actually living in your time are making. And you start to lose any interest in, you know, dude, anybody on this podcast, name a song from the forties. Go. (laughs) Well done. Yeah. I mean, I I just don't know if it's appropriate to say. 
No, no. <laughs> Say it. Say no, it. Uh, 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 ragtime, uh, or, or that was actually kind of a genre of the ragtime. No, I mean, like, I grew up, like, on oldie stuff. I mean, I could probably think of, like, uh, some stuff from the 50s, like I mentioned, Elvis. Uh, but 40s, uh, yeah, I, I remember doing some of that stuff in, like, musicals when I was a kid. Uh, it, it escapes me now, but yeah. Good point, though. But, I mean, it's like, but that was, like, what was pop in the 40s. Uh, and then what was popular in the 50s, 60s. I mean... You go back and look at every decade, and every decade has its flavor, the songs that stand out and represent that decade. And I think it's still true now. Uh, if you look back at the last 10 years over what was popular, you know, it was Ed Sheeran, uh, Taylor Swift, um, and, and those kinds of uh, that type of music. But they always seem to come back to rock. Um, and, and rock, it just kind of changes. Mm-hmm. It just becomes another sort of, it, it takes whatever is out there that's being done popular. And, and some artists will come along and say, oh, I can tap into this and do my version of it. Mm-hmm. So I I'm kind of hopeful that it's going to be around even yeah. long after us. Bro, I have to say, even be, like, beyond what's trending, what's popular, I feel like rock is a genre that doesn't, doesn't need to be trendy because <laughs> trendy stuff dies off fast. And stuff that's genuine and, you know, really driven by passion is, you know, lives on a lot longer because stuff sounds really dated if it's capitalizing on a trend from that time period now in 10 years. True. All right. Chat is done with us talking about rock. So let's move on to band news. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna, they they're really gonna, want band yeah. news. Mikoto's out there dying, apparently. And this All is right. why we're talking <laughs> about it, because we have this new music. <laughs> That's hey guys, right. we got to talk about this rock shit in order for Bandmade to live on anyway. Like they are part of the rock and roll genre. Yeah, so. they're gonna be classic rock and all tied together. Hey, all, all right. right, go ahead, Andrew, take it away. Well, it's not really. It's it's new news from Bandmade, but although I'm sure most of the Bandmade faithful out there already knows they made an announcement. They're going to have a best of album that's going to be dropping in August on August second, and it's a two volume. Uh, discography of all their greatest songs. Now, I was curious to see what would be on this track list because it's, it's, if you think about it, these are kind of the songs that the band themselves are putting out there to say, yes, we think these songs represent the best of what we've done so far in the past 10 years. And it was interesting to see some of the choices. Obviously, the big ones are on there. Oh, the track list is out already? Yeah, so it's up on their website, oh, bandmade.tokyo. You can go and look at the I want to know this article. too. Yeah. And, you know, one question that I've always been asked about Bandmade that I'm sure a lot of you guys get asked whenever you try to introduce a band to somebody who doesn't know them, the first question that always comes up is, well, what is their big song? What's their big hit? What's that one song? And the thing about Bandmade is they don't have one song in particular that really defines them, but they have such a diverse catalog in their history of, of different type of songs that uh, kind of, you know, get out there. And um, I mean, choose me comes close probably because it was in the peacemaker soundtrack. Uh, but you know, their, their songs are so varied uh, in, in what they've done. And the thing that sticks out to me most, obviously the big ones are on there. Um, Domination. Do you, have the, you, you have the list in front of you. Yeah. So I have it over here. Can you, can you just read side. them, read them all off first? Sure, let me just go through them all. All right, so in volume one, first song is Thrill, Real Existence, Alone, YOLO, Don't You Tell Me, Daydreaming, Choose Me, Domination, Dice. And this is the one that's interesting. I wanted to talk about this one for a minute. 
Okay. And number 10 on the first disc is Start Over. For those of you that remember <laughs> that song, the very divisive song that uh, at the time when it came out, I'm sure a lot of you remember the kind of controversy that it was. You know, it was more of a pop, lighter kind of song. And uh, really kind of split the fan base. Some people started to panic saying, oh, it's over. They're not going to be a hard rock band anymore. They're just going to do this pop <laughs> stuff. I think what kind of works now that we can look back, we can see they definitely did more hard rock stuff, of course. And there's, I think there's a bit more of appreciation for Start Over. And the other thing, too, about Start Over that's interesting is when you go back and look at the history on it, it was actually commercially very successful for them. It got into the top 10 on the Japanese music charts. So it was a very successful song for them. And I think it's a good thing that they included it on here, uh, despite the kind of controversy of Star A hundred percent. And I, I, I want to also say, first of all, I like that song. It's a good song. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Looking back at the past now, I feel like so many people felt like betrayed by Metallica in the 90s when they put out Load. That they're just like hurt forever. And just like any time a band now comes out with a song that's like supposed to be like their, their next single and it's not the same as like it, it might be lighter or like less heavy, you know, whatever than their previous stuff, people get a little scared that that's going to be the new direction that they're going in. And it's like, I feel it now that you can look back at it and see how much other stuff they've done and how much technical and heavy stuff that they've done also. That feels more like a unique part of their discography rather than something to be scared of in the future. Well, it just shows mm -hmm. the diversity that they've done in their history, uh, that they've been able to do so many different variations, uh, not only on their own riffs and tracks that they do, but they've also been able to do songs that kind of you know, go far astray, but then be able to pull it back. Uh, so continuing on, the next song after that's Glory, another great song. Bubble, one of my personal favorites. In the Story, of course. I could go on and on about In the Story, how great and thimic that is. Uh, different warning. And then on the second disc, uh, here's another interesting one that uh, I'm curious to see what fans think about. It's Shake That, going all the way back to the New Beginning Love EP. It. Yeah, a, kind of a classic there that you wouldn't expect, but it, it's on the list. And then uh, some more classic songs from their early era, era uh, Nonfiction Days, Freedom. Uh, at number four is one of my personal favorites. I love how progressive this one is. It's Puzzle. Uh, Puzzle is a great song off the Just Bring It uh, album. Um, what is interesting, though, is that if you go back and listen to uh, Just Bring It, there's Puzzle. And then the next song after it is another one that I love called Moratorium. I saw them do Moratorium uh, on a, a live video where they did it at a concert in Japan somewhere. And when I saw that version of it live, I was like, that is a great song. And I've been a big fan of Moratorium ever since then. But I don't think they've done it lately. And it's sadly, it's not on this list. But still, Puzzle Making the Entry uh, is, a good, is a good one to have on there. Uh, after that is Secret My Lips. Great song. Good banger. Uh, play. I can't live without you. Now, obviously, they got to throw on a Miku song, and they only did one Miku song, so it's interesting that they actually did "Rockin' Me." So I'm curious, Alan, what you think about the for one that's of sad, they should just put both stuff. of them on there. But um, no, Sayonaki Dory is it? Yeah, that should have been on there for sure. And Rock, it's wild. funny. I just listened to "Rockin' Me" yesterday. I was I was listening to World Domination. Um, I've been listening to that album a lot. I still have. I think I said this a few months ago. It's like the only bandmate album I've been listening to on like, repeat. But um, 
I don't know. I, I think they should just put both on there because I think they're both great. And Sayan Nakadori. It's, it's it's hard though because maybe, they do have so many songs. No, to but choose maybe from. maybe they didn't do that since Sayan Nakadori got a acoustic version. Maybe since uh, they already had some different iterations of it. Maybe that's why. I like Rockin' Me better, honestly. I, I personally prefer it. I, so if they're gonna choose only one Miku song, I'm glad Rockin' Me is great, but Sayan Nakadori to me is better written song. I think it's a better written song, Sayan Nakadori. To each their own. Because imagine it was tough for them to decide as well. Yeah. How yeah. many songs? How many songs are left? Rockin' Me and is so, very straightforward. That's a very straightforward written song. Mm -hmm. uh, next up after that's uh, Screaming, uh, Blooming. Good. Uh, probably one of their, and then the next one after that's Rene, which was one of their fastest tempo songs, I think, at that time until Black Hole uh, <laughs> passed it up. Uh, but still, pretty good, fast power kind of rock song. Uh, and then another fan favorite, No God, uh, which. Uh, they it's getting lot, heavier but, uh, towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is, you, you kind of see a sort of pattern here. Um, and then lastly, uh, Afterlife, Manners, and then another favorite of mine, Coral, Coralium. Coralium. Coralium, right? Coralium. Coralium? Yeah. I always mess that up. I think that's that's one of my favorite. That's in my top three band-made songs, I think. Coralium. I absolutely love that one. It's also my buddy who I took to uh, their show. Uh, where he heard them for the first time, he said that Coralium is far and away his favorite band-made song, too. Isn't it insane how they've written so many great songs? Like, where they can have 30 songs on their greatest hits in their, just from 10 years of being together? What do you guys think is the, the... In your mind, what is the biggest missing song from that list? Sayonakadori. In addition to that, like I was saying about Moratorium, um, but I can understand the inclusion of Puzzle instead of that one, but I really like Moratorium uh, for, from that uh, Just Bring It album. I think they should put Black Hole on there. Not even necessarily because I think it's their best song, or, or not even one of their best songs necessarily, but because it sh showcases a side of them that they don't often do, and it's full of like technical progression and heavy riffs and it's just it's just cool you know like i would it, it it doesn't sound like their other songs so i would have had it on there specifically for that of course if they did those two um uh, black hole and cyanoka cyanaka dory, dory. <laughs> <laughs> even i struggle with that one um you know those would have been from the unseen world so maybe i think the reason why they went with some songs that they did was it yeah. was another way of saying, hey, if you like this, go back and check some of our other catalog, because Unseen World, oh, yeah. great release. Um, Gonna put the whole album on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm dropping Afterlife if I have to. I'm dropping Afterlife out there, and I'm replacing it with Black Hole. I think Konami has... Or, did yeah, you say Warning Afterlife? was on there? Yes. Yeah, so I, I don't need Afterlife. If you already have Warning and Matters on there, I don't need Afterlife. Put Black Hole on there. It seems like Afterlife has a special place in Konami's heart, because like that's the one she said she was most excited to see people cover and try mm. to play. And I think she just really loves it. It's really proud of it. Okay. Yeah, that's another oh, that's one I fair. really like. Yeah, I really like Afterlife. I think it was kind of underappreciated when it came out. Wait, what, what was Such on the... Banger. Was there anything off the new album? Oh. No, nothing really. Well, that's the, that's the other thing, too. Nothing here from uh, the last EP. Interesting. Last EP. I wonder huh. if because they're bigger now, they're Something trying to maybe. introduce some of their older oh, music yeah. to super new fans because it definitely grown seems, a lot this past year it definitely seems like there there's like a 
they're definitely trying to push some of their old music uh, with inclusion of stuff like shake that i mean they're they want to make sure that that stuff doesn't get lost well to new fans yeah absolutely to new fans i would highly recommend if you were wondering where to get in with bandmade this is it watch for this one when it drops on august 2nd mm-hmm. and you can get it from all the major retailers out there tower records uh amazon um cd japan as well so be sure to get that one on pre-order i know i will oh yeah i don't know if this is exclusive to physical or if it will be on streaming mm. it, the article doesn't say um and so typically on something like this i would expect that they would be more towards pushing towards the physical um but we'll have to see if there's any updates on on streaming services unless anybody in chat knows uh, but right now this looks like it's mostly going to be driven towards uh the physical sales i guess okay. that makes sense because people could just make a playlist of all these songs if they want, want it on <laughs> yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah right it's it's that's all about that it's probably going to come with some kind of like cool insert also you know yeah i was about to say that they, they, they got to be including something else probably some special edition kind of thing that goes with it so it's two volumes right so it's like a two cd mm-hmm. thing or Right, so it'll be, yeah, it'll be two CDs, and um, each retailer will have their own uh, item to go with it. Some are TBD to be determined. Uh, Others, like CD Japan, are going to have an A3 size poster. So uh, just checking back to see which version you want to get from which I wonder uh, what, what, uh, like, if they're going to remaster the old albums so that they sound so that the whole album kind of sounds the same you know what i mean like when they do like shake that if they would like remaster that song to fit it onto the discography in in better like newer quality something like that yeah i wonder if they'll go through that hard to say because what we usually get from other bands that i've noticed other j-rock bands that do a best of uh they really typically don't do much remastering they may correct something if there was something wrong in the in the last master that was obvious but mm-hmm. most of the time they just straight copy and and put in the 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 last cut so all right the one thing they should really do is replace is put the live version of freedom on there instead of the <laughs> instead oh, of the yeah. recorded version put the live version of freedom and domination on there it is so su- much better i'm actually surprised they don't have any concert versions on this I thought they would like to make it even more special to get this. I thought they would put live songs from various concerts on there that maybe not released on streaming platforms. That's what I normally see with like best of albums. They'll have like a couple of them, you know, at the end or something. So I'm kind of shocked that there's nothing like that on there. Do they hmm. have any live albums besides the acoustic one? It's the only one I'm aware of is the yeah. uh, last year's acoustic. That'd be cool to get a full like live. It would be cool, and it also shows you how uh, in tune Bandmade is with the YouTube community and how much it actually means to them that they do exclusively put this stuff on YouTube, where that's the only place they could really get it. Yeah, true. Um, comes out four days before we all meet each other in Minneapolis. Yeah, it's like they knew. They said, "Hey, <laughs> let's get this out there for the Gaijin guys to we buy." Got to get our copies and bring them, like throw them on stage, get them signed. There you go. <laughs> So it looks like on I here, don't advocate that a, a bonus that they have here is a perch uh, benefit sticker power rec- records version and then um, I don't know what that means exactly do you know what that means you get a mega jacket plus purchaser benefit sticker for the Amazon version so yeah every 
place has their own thing. One place is giving away a poster, a three size poster, Neo Wing CD Japanese version. That's interesting. Gotta buy them all. Yeah. So that means you have to go and buy nine copies of this album from different retailers so you can get all these. If you're a true band fan. If you're a true fan, we'll buy from all of these <laughs> distributors. That's it. That's but, how they get you. Everything's on the Bandmade website, guys, if you're interested in who is adding what to it. Um, so you can see that their price and everything. Did we not? Did, so when did you decide you were coming to Minneapolis, champ? Uh, we talked about it last week on the podcast. Oh, I've only done half of it so far. You'll get there. You're just a week behind. It's okay. I just found out today when we were in Zoom, so I'm pretty excited. Uh, I want to thank once again Tim for for sending me a ticket so that I could go to meet up with you guys. Very appreciated. Thank you, Tim. I can get on you. And um, did you have anything that? So, what was that Connie's letter about? Did you get a chance to go through that? Yes, I did. Um, it's uh was a very interesting uh, message from Akane. Uh, for those of you who are part of the fan club, you know they send out uh, a newsletter. Uh, it was uh, kind of surprising because she talked about the recent uh, activities uh, with their tour here in America and uh, how the band members just really sort of uh, kind of come together. What uh, really stood out, stood out to me, and um, again, I'm sort of getting the rough translation here. But uh, what I picked up on it was how when they come to uh, America or just when they travel overseas, it's almost like they they're acting like uh, kids again. You know, they feel like they're uh, elementary school kids going on a field trip. They have a lot of fun (laughs) together. They uh, exercise together. They went uh, swimming and, you know, eating American food and all this kind of stuff. So um, it was interesting to um, kind of pick up on how when they come over here they just seem to just sort of get into a different sort of mindset uh uh and i think for those of you that you remember when you we would see them we would notice how like they each time they come over and perform for us you know they feel it it feels like they've gotten more relaxed they got more confident more comfortable with themselves uh and i think they just really had a really good time on this last so yeah there's uh there's sources out there for uh getting better translations of the newsletter but uh yeah be sure to check that out also see sj nix is in the chat so also check out the made news network uh to get even more band made news yeah yeah of course all band made along with that i was just watching uh i was watching youtube last night band made live performances and i watched one from i think it was nashville and is that the one where they were bowling? They were just having such a blast on stage and having, you know, really enjoying themselves. And then I watched a video from 2021, the Manners Black Hole video. And I just for the first time realized this huge contrast where they look sad and like they're not into the music at all while they're playing in 2021 because it was COVID. There was no audience. And now like this new tour, like, Last year's tour was a little rough because Konami was really exhausted, but mm-hmm. this tour, like Ryan was talking about, they seem like they're just so on fire, so passionate about the music, and just excited to be back on the road they connecting probably, with the fans. They probably learned from it, right? They learned from the first tour, and they're like, okay, now we need, need now we know what to do for this next tour to make sure we're all at like optimum health, and they just get into it. Because, guys, when you're performing live, you feed off the 
the crowd, you really do. You feed off the crowd, and that's really important, I think. Um, it's really rough when you don't have a crowd to feed off of. It's just weird. Yeah, that, 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 that show, I mean, like, I, I feel like the first time that I watched it, I, I think I commented on just like, they just don't look like they're enjoying this at all and it, it is sad to go back and like at this point i can't go back and watch shows from from that era i can't go back and watch wrestling from that era anymore either without the crowd in the background like it's depressing to see you know while we were in in it it was like kind of depressing now it's like god i'm so happy that is is over and they came out of that shit and they just went on tour to america for the first time like straight up they were like okay covid is almost over we're going to america we're gonna go as hard as we possibly can now they've they've like alan said they've learned from the first experience now they know how to maintain their health physically and mentally i'm sure better on the second one they know how to you know you know your limits yeah. now you have to find your limits in order to be able to work around them that's what they had to do on the first tour gotta shout out the fan base too like that show it looked like there were steps that went right up into the bowling alley weren't there mm -hmm. yeah so, so that was that bowling uh, uh oh, brooklyn yeah, ball over here in nashville yeah so that's the uh, that's uh something that uh, is unique to that <coughs> the franchise oh, and sorry. um here in uh, in nashville yeah <laughs> I so thought it was during, weird. during miku's uh manji time uh the members the rest of the band just kind of walked over there and they just Threw down a couple of couple of pins, knocked over a couple of pins bowling. So yeah, it was very very <laughs> wow. amusing and typical bandmate. Always having fun no matter where they're at. Yeah. It was funny to see Miku like trying to keep the audience attention while the other members yeah. were right there. Because <laughs> like just the respect the fan base has to not like go try to swarm them when they're right there and you know, respect the show. It's really cool to see. That's, awesome That's true. That it wasn't that. it wasn't very barricaded, was it? <laughs> Just like a little bit higher. Yeah, yeah. they I mean, yeah, yeah, the bowling alley is just right there next to where you know the audience stands. And so you could walk over uh, and and bowl if uh but they usually turn off the lanes uh when when a main headline comes on. Uh it's kind of tough for like an opening act, I think, um, because they, they keep the lanes open. So I've seen other bands there and I feel bad for the opening act because people will be over there bowling while the oh. uh support acts are, are doing their thing. It's kind of like, <laughs> come on, people, you know. Yeah. I hear it's so that. loud. That's yeah. like when you go to play at a bar and there's like people playing darts and like hanging out at the bars and there's like four people watching your band actually play. Yeah. <laughs> no great. pins were harmed during the show <laughs> <laughs> did they miss them all oh apparently no, they missed them all. posted it to youtube and they just called it ban or miku's gutterball time i don't remember what it was gutterball maids <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny but they came up on the stage and they told miku they all got gutterballs so nice fine. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to get into some quick Japanese music news here. And we have, we're going to talk about K Rock and stuff here. We have a special thing that we're passing out today to members and Patreon supporters as a look thank under you your to seats. You all. Um, do you want to show them what it is that they could be winning today, Andrew? Yeah, I have it right here. This is from a K Rock band that uh, we've been getting uh, a lot of interest in. They're called Rolling Quartz. Uh, so. Uh, a lot of you guys, I know, bumped into a couple of you guys at uh, the Rolling Courts concert down there in Dallas, and one of our Patreon supporters uh, bought this for someone who may win it. 
Aww. So That's so cool. Yeah, so if you're a member and Patreon supporter, of course, you're entered in twice. So thank you to everybody that supports us. We wouldn't be able to keep doing this how we're doing it and keep expanding it like we have been. Um, hopefully we have some, well, not hopefully, we have some really exciting news later on in the year that we've been working on. As you guys know, we have a website where you can go check out now, guysandguys.com, and you can sign up for our newsletter. It's only going to be about one email a week. Don't worry, we're not going to spam you or anything like that. It'll be one to two a week, just to, uh, keeping you updated on news that uh, Andrew's doing reports on, and we're working on expanding that too, getting out more like newsletters and stuff like that set up on a site where you can keep up the date with the news before we talk about it on Sunday. So, because as you know, a lot of these articles happen through the week, and then we kind of put it together and we talk about it today. And I'm um, really excited about all these changes coming through too. So, as a thank you to Am all I of fired? you, we'll be uh, sending <laughs> sending it out. Why would you be fired, Wade? <laughs> you're, it's like the, you're making improvements to the show. You're, you're, mm, that's sad, Wave. No, don't do that to yourself. <laughs> we love yeah, you. We it wouldn't be this show without you. Oh, thanks. Uh, all right. So, so we got some quick news I wanted to go over, and we'll get to the uh, K-Rock stuff. So something I didn't realize, Dai from Pell Dusk actually helped produce the new Bring Me the Horizon song. I didn't even realize there. So he's credited for that new song. I still have to check it out. Apparently it went to like a heavier sound. But I thought it was interesting that uh, there's some crossover there that I didn't know was happening on it. And I realized how many people are behind some of these Bring Me the Horizon songs. There's a lot of people that are part of the production and... Um, making of the song so i thought that was pretty interesting with that uh we're gonna get to j-rock news here in a second but asterism is coming to the u.s guys um they're gonna be in la on july not no july 1st they'll be in la at the anime expo so it's los angeles convention center they'll be also live in santa Ana, which uh the observatory and that starts at 8 p.m um, California time, I'm assuming, or where's that? I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and then also they're going to be, be playing in New York City on July 11th also, and the time start is 8 p.m., and the venue is SOB. Champ, are you going to go? Is that kind of close to you? Where is it? New York it's, City? Uh, New York City. I've never heard of SOBs before. I mean, I love the name of it. That might intrigue me enough. <laughs> is that the Oyster Bar? Uh, oh, I have maybe. No clue. Yeah, I Salty's eat. Oyster Bar or something. Wow, you know more about New York than I do, bro. Oh no, there's one in Florida. Mm. I don't know if it's the same place. <laughs> what state is LA? I'm pretty sure we said California. Right? California gets everything. They do. Yeah. They get everything. Well, it's they have like five major cities. It's interesting because you get we got California and then we got New York. Where the only... hey, who knows if those shows go really success. Um, if those shows are really successful, they might add more shows. So, guys, if you love Asterism, you want them to come back, the goal is to get as many people there to support them, and then they will come back. You know, as they're probably just testing the waters a couple... I know they've been here before, but I'm really interested to seeing some of these recordings since we have vocals now, you know, with uh, we're doing vocals on the songs. And I like the new True. EP. I think the new EP is good. Yeah, and other bands, whenever they... You know, when tickets sell out fast to a venue... Uh, they'll upgrade or they'll add an additional night. So we've seen that. So it's definitely possible. Uh, Asterism was, is one of those bands. They kind of like band made. They've come over here a couple of times before and uh, they, they do pretty well. So uh, I think to see, we'll be seeing some more things from them as well. Yep. Um, Petite 
Brandon Khan, I'm gonna, I always mispronounce this. This is Rio's other band from Darren Gray, Teases music video, Kodu. I think I said that right, from Highly Anticipated EP. I'm excited to hear it. I wonder if it's gonna be, it sounded heavier from what I've heard so far, but they have upcoming EP that's gonna be releasing in June. 14th, 2023, brace yourselves for a thrilling sneak peek at the music video for Kodu, the lead track on Automata, I think is how you say it. First album and preceding the release, Fetish made waves into powerful new metal vibes. That's right, yes, it had a lot of new metal vibes in that uh, track. So I'm excited to hear how it goes. I want some good heavy stuff to come out, you know? Um, Acme uh, had a really good uh, show over here at the Anime um, Convention Center. It's called Anime Detour in Minneapolis that um, they did. And I forgot that they were here, and I really wish I saw a show because I know Eric and I from the Kodak have done reactions to Acme, and we enjoyed a lot of the songs. I always remember them as the Orange Band because they had oranges in one of the music videos that we checked out, and uh, we liked it a lot. But Acme uh, bore the honor of being Anime Detour's first ever Visual K guest from Japan. Uh, with a full year's notice, fans had ample time to prepare for Acme's highly anticipated appearance at Anime Detour 2023. Anyone in chat go to that? Anybody? Let me know. Uh, I've Acme never fans... heard of that before. It's yeah, in me neither. Minneapolis? Minneapolis, yep. Uh, some of them came from different countries, even as far as Germany for Acme fans. So that's pretty dedicated fan base uh, coming from all over to go see them there. And I have a feeling they're probably a great band live and is one of those bands that I think I would like more if I saw them live. Well, as really a matter of fact, it. I did see them live uh, in L.A. Uh, a while back. They opened up for uh, an artist known as Demon Dice, and uh, she brought them over. Uh, and, yeah, they were something else. They really kicked it. Uh, so really happy and excited for Acme uh, getting more exposure. They are, are definitely one to watch. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you, you've reacted to them, so you know they, they got some pretty awesome what was a memorable moment from the show that you remember? Do you remember a specific moment? You're just like, holy crap. No big moments. Um, I kind of got in late, so they'd already started uh, most of their set, but I did hear uh, Bring Me Back to You. Uh, it's a really awesome song mm -hmm. worth checking out. Uh, but they just were able to sort of come into uh, a venue where they were practically unknowns, and they were able to hold, a, hold on to this crowd. So, um, cool. yeah, they... Uh, are, are are really doing very well so excellent. yeah uh, yeah nice. they've been they've been popping up so i'm curious what they're gonna do next uh, it seems like they're um gaining a lot of traction it might be um i know is the gazette i haven't i was researching this for a while and i couldn't figure it out because the gazette has one more show for their tour uh mass um it's in japan and are, are do you think that band is ending I almost get these vibes. I couldn't find anything definitive on it, but because it's called the final, I don't know if they called it that just because it's the last show of the tour or whatnot. But um, Acme seems like a good like predecessor after um, the Gazette. You know, it's the band that I got my buddy Joey in because he's a huge Gazette fan and uh, he well, likes Acme also. I I don't want to uh, upset any of the Gazette faithful out there. Um, I don't think there's anything official. Um, but typically, well, the thing, too, when, when they use the word final, they usually just mean it's the final show of that particular tour. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I think Gazette is one of those. They, they're kind of uh, like one of the OGs. Uh, they've been around uh, a long time, along with Duran Gray. Um, yeah. I don't think they're going anywhere, um, but they 
do seem to be a little less active. They did come over to the United States before COVID uh, a couple of yeah. times. Um, right now, it looks like they're sort of just more focused internally in Japan. And um, I think it's a matter of a question to just sort of wait and see uh, if they are going to ramp up their activities or if they're just going to kind of host or or something else. You never know. You know, sometimes just the way it is with these bands, if they feel like the creativity is starting to fade, uh, they may... They kind of put things aside, but I don't know. Gazette's just one of those. They've sort of just been uh, one of those solid sort of bands that just sort of, um, I mean, I think we see this every now and then, you know, you got a band that gets really popular and then they just kind of coast uh, or they do shorter songs like a certain uh, group you're a fan of that does one minute songs now. Fuck because... for fuck's sake. Yeah, we're talking about today. <laughs> they have an article, but I got to say <laughs> the Gazette's album mess. Guys, if you don't like Visual Quay that much, I still recommend this album because I remember checking out this entire album and it was fucking fantastic. Yeah, it was a good album. Like it's their my opinion, their best album. Like it was like they just hit something perfectly on this one. And it was just great. And like if this does end up being like one of the final albums they do for a very long time. It is a hell of an album to end with, I think. I thought it was really great. And this now it's almost like, two, was this like a year and a half ago when I checked this out? I was in New York, and Joey and I checked it out on a stream. We listened to the whole album live on Twitch, and it was just great. It was such a good album. Any Gazette fans out there? I don't think we have many Gazette fans in the chat, but uh, I think it's worth checking out for Visual Quay. And Acme, my point was, like, Acme's a really good band in, in kind of the same vein um, that I think could take over that film very well. Um, we have news from... Fuki had a single that I didn't realize dropped for a show. It's called Metropolis uh, Dog, Dogangers, I think is the name of it. A taste of early Lightbringer for under 12s. I'm not sure what that part means, but um, that was her other project, right? Lightbringer? Uh, so I think they just mentioned it in that, in just that top part right there. So for singers who's rarely paused for a breath at any point since the mid-2000s, four years since Unlucky Morpheus and Lightbringer vocalist Fuki released anything under her own name. Um, anyway, this comeback is sort of sees like Fuki broadening her portfolio and ties up venturing into a live-action television for the first time. And it was it was like a pop rock, I think, pretty much. We're going to react to it after this, right? champ is more it sounded pretty good from the yep, little this is our uh, patreon reaction today yeah so we're gonna be reacting to this after the podcast i can't wait to check it out i didn't even realize she had was releasing stuff you know um and i honestly i wonder when we're getting another unlucky morpheus album too that's in the works mm -hmm. anytime um we have a new digital single from Crystal Lake. Metalcore band Crystal Lake will release their first single featuring new vocalists. Because remember, they lost their vocalists. We talked about that earlier this year. So they have new vocalist John, and they're going to be releasing a track with him digitally worldwide on February 23rd. I'm looking forward to checking that out and breaking it down. Um, I really can't wait to hear that song. They're a, they're a really heavy, really good metalcore band. We actually announced this one uh, last week. Hmm. Announcing it again. <laughs> I didn't realize it was with a new vocalist. I forgot they got a new vocalist. Um, Hanabie is releasing a new single, Tosu. Uh, it's coming out on June 17th, 2023. And this will be with the new drummer, it seems like. Sweet. After joining Chica, the first sound source is completed. I don't know if that means that's... Her. It has to mean that she's on it, right? I'm assuming this is a rough yeah, translation. Got a special mention in there. Yeah. 
That's really cool. That's that's really fast. Do you think maybe she was prepping beforehand? Maybe they knew she was leaving and they already had her in the works or something? So they maybe. waited longer to announce that before they actually knew. Or yeah. After they actually knew. Yeah. Yeah, I doubt it was like the same day job. Yeah. Uki just did a birthday stream for like four hours. Yeah, her birthday was just recently also. Forgot her birthday's in June too. Her voice is amazing. I just love listening to her, no matter what band she's in. Uh, don't see a lot of solo stuff from her, so that was interesting uh, that she's doing a solo piece now. Uh, yeah, I'll be looking forward to that one, because I just love her voice so much. It's yeah, so funny know. hearing that come from this box on the screen, because usually this box on the screen is the anti-Fuki box. Oh, Nobody yeah, knows what yeah. I'm talking about. Oh, Ryan oh, Mir. Ryan. Oh, Ryan. Yeah. Ryan is usually oh. in Andrew's box, and he does. He didn't like Pookie's vocals. Okay, I, oh. It took me. A, it took me. Wow, a I didn't think that was going to be so confusing. I'm sorry. <laughs> box. Yeah. Even though I'm filling in for Ryan, I'm, I may not quite share all of his uh, you know, opinions. <laughs> no, it's nice. It's nice to get a get a difference um, in there. I mean, I did the bandmate news like Ryan, you know, okay, but, yeah. and I got my bandmate <laughs> stuff on. But uh, Scott Miller, um, thank you so much for a reminder. New. Gakrick album too next month as well. Yes, yep. Yep. new song from them, which we kind of knew because of that new single that they released. Have, when are they going to announce the winner of that? Does anyone remember? They were supposed to. Thought they were supposed to have that uh, information out there already. Um, Might have missed that as to who won the reaction. Yeah, I don't know. They've released two uh, songs since. Yeah, then, they too. they have had one come out four days ago called Replica. Is it a music video to it, or is it just like the track? Yeah, official official music video. Replica. I got it pulled up right here. Oh wow! Yeah. Why did that like go under the radar? Yet. It didn't. Um, We're announcing it now. Oh, okay. They, they yeah, also right. released a live video of one of their new songs, um, the Come Up Chapter. Oh, okay. Mm. It's pretty cool. Okay. Hannah, Hannah, and uh, Tomazo going back and forth on guitar was pretty sweet. Cool. Okay, so is this I like a anime kind of thing, cartoon? For this no, it looks one. like it looks like she's live action in her hand, doesn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a combination of guys. I think effects. we should react to this for Patreon also. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's what do you guys think in the chat? Do you want this to be the reaction? Yeah, there you go. Do you guys All right, want Patreon members? The... Well. All right. So that's really cool. Are they doing the same kind of competition with this new music video? No. No. I didn't realize they only have 50,000 subs for the channel. Go subscribe to Kakrook Spin. I thought they were much higher yeah. than that. Did not even realize that. Realize They're way that underrated yeah. for as long yeah. as they've been around. Like every so, Japanese yeah. rock band is underrated. <laughs> and, uh, what was I going to say? Forgot. Oh, we talked about that. I lost my... Lost my oh! Uh, Lonesome Blue had to change their website. For those who didn't know, they changed it to lonesomeblue.jp. case. Now, we're going to talk about Maximum Hormone. They're selling more stuff again, guys. No music! But you can... What do they say? I, I thought this... You can make your room more hormonal. You can give it more of a hormonal boost by buying more stuff. Not by listening to new music by them. No, by getting posters and <laughs> um, more merch. You get the special hey, pulp paper poster. If not for them, we wouldn't have Akane as our drummer for Bandmade, so... Uh, that's the only reason why I'm Eternally still willing to talk about that. them. It's the only reason why I'm willing to talk. I mean, at some point, we're just going to have to start admiring their their business acumen. So as I they see... just they don't have to work anymore, and they just keep selling new shit. So I got to ask everyone. This goes to you too, chat. You let me know. All right. 
If you have a band you love so much, right? Because normally when a band just stops releasing music, you don't hear about them. They don't do new merch. They don't. Bench Sevenfold, great example. Been like what seven years since an album, but they weren't really trying to put out new merch and all that stuff, right? Throughout the week, I think they might have had some things, but not really, right? <laughs> but Maximum the Hormone. Imagine your favorite band, okay? One of your favorite bands. Um, they stop putting out music, but they still periodically every month release merch for the next seven, eight years. How would you feel about that? <laughs> I thought you were going to say months. <laughs> yeah. No. I, this would drive me crazy, honestly. So, bandmate, bandmate, seven years, no music. You just get new bandmate merch every month. I would eventually, I'm going to say it, I would eventually think they sold out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wave, what do you think? Well, yeah, if the reason you like them is because they make music, and if they stop making music, but still trying to keep making more money off of their fans, it's like, you know, you still appreciate them for their old music, but, like, put some more effort in, guys. Yeah. <laughs> guys, know? guys, I love Maximum obviously, like somebody mentioned, I'm wearing this shirt, you know, and I got this <laughs> when I was discovering them. That was one of the first bands I discovered on Dicodic Channel. You can follow our journey for all that, guys. Um, it was crazy. It was a really awesome like falling in love with the band. I never thought I'd be able to capture me falling in love with a band like from start to finish. Maximum Hormone was one of them, along with like Baby Metal and Bandmate also that came afterwards. But like I had got I would I liked them so much. I remember like third reaction, I'm like, I'm buying so much merch. I got like I got like the purple one of these and I got tons of Maximum Hormone shirts. I have so many CDs right behind me with them and you know, I was so excited. So I think once I finished the catalog, you know, and then you just realize they're not putting out anything. It's like, <laughs> fuck. Well, you know? maybe I can be devil's advocate because there could also be the possibility. There could be the upside. For example, maybe by selling merch and continuing to sell new merch, maybe they're just trying to get some initial startup money, some investment money so that they can ramp something up again. So mm. I can understand from a fan's perspective, it's like, oh, they're just trying to shake me down for money. Let uh, me push but, back. Uh, maybe they want to, you know, come back. Sometimes we do see see these bands, like you just mentioned with the Vinch Sevenfold, they go away and then they come back. Yeah, that's why I want to see your guys' perspective. Still gigging. Yeah, they are still gigging. I don't care though. Bandmates still gigging too, and we're still getting new music from them. Anyways, <laughs> but what I want to say, what I want to say is the thing that really bothers me, the thing that really pisses me off, is that they released two one-minute songs that are like the most badass sixty seconds you'll ever hear, <laughs> and then that's it. You get two one-minute songs. Like, at least give us the full song. Like, I would have been completely happy if they were just full singles. You know what I mean? Like, even if it was two minutes and thirty seconds, whatever. You know, just give me the two songs. That's a full song these days. <laughs> I mean, true. Good point. But I mean, songs keep getting shorter. Maybe one minute will be a full song someday. I can't get behind it. I'm sorry. Can you guys get behind <laughs> one minute songs? Fuck that. I really can't. I just, I. <laughs> oh. How long has it been? Like since they released an actual like EP? I think 2016. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> the only issue, like, I, I don't, it would start to bother me too, because I think when you become a fan of a band and you start buying their merch, you're kind of like, it feels like an investment. You know, you're like, you're buying their merch with the expectation that they're going to release music in the future, also, right? Like, um, just because, you know, if you become a fan of something, you don't just 
wanted to exist in that that one uh, time capsule or whatever. You think that it's going to continue going on, right? But how many albums did they release before that 2016 album? Was it a lot? I think it was a. Correct me if I'm wrong. I can't even remember. I have it behind me. Yeah, they were fairly regular uh, in in what they put out there, like a lot of commercial acts, and um, yeah, yeah they sort of just dropped they, off. If they have like eight albums, ten albums, I mean, they had a career already. You know what I mean? Like at some point, you might start to wind it down, and at that point, you're probably not just going to stop selling merch. You know what I mean? So if they're on the wind down of yeah, their see, career, this is how much I like them, guys. Look at all Max from the Hormone. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I, and then they just stop. I, I think you're right, Champ. I think they're just kind of in like that wind down phase where they've they probably feel like they've burned through a lot of their creative energy, uh, and so these one minute songs are like that's just the best they can do right now. Uh, maybe yeah, they, they might just not be in the part of their career anymore where they're going to regularly release music. Like we, mm-hmm. they might, you know, they're not coming out and saying, "Hey, we're done," but because you know they might come out with another album, but they haven't promised that they're going to come out with another album either. So I get the frustration. I do because I would want, especially since you discovered them later than the beginning of their career, right? Yeah. So if you discover a band towards the end of their career, it's going to be even harder to well, deal with. I'm right? going to say this because of Maximum <laughs> Hormone, I wait now. Well, well, it gave you patience. I, I, I wait. No, I before I go buy merch or anything or like fall in love with it, I wait now for getting any merch because you oh, never I know what just happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't know what I was thinking. I think I was just caught up in the moment when we first started the channel. I was like, oh, this is so awesome. I finally have a new favorite band. It's been years since I had a favorite band. Like, you know, and I was so excited at the time. And then. I'm like, oh, what now? Now they're like, hormone. we already released ten albums. We don't really want to do this yeah. anymore. Yeah, I was like, well, like not- Andrew said, maybe they're just not feeling inspired to write new music at this point because they've kind of accomplished everything they wanted to. You know, because a yeah. lot of that fuel for writing and inspiration comes from True. life and from having aspirations and stuff. But I, I will say, but for, for Alan's side here, I would say I would appreciate if that band would give some sort of like update at some point, like if they're going to make new music, like if we should be waiting for them to release <laughs> something ever food. again. But the thing yeah. is, the thing is, the minute songs they release weren't like, ah, uh, they're okay. No, they're fucking great. Like It was like 60 seconds of awesomeness. And I'm just like. So they still have it, you know what I mean? Like that's the thing. Yeah. They're just letting know. you down easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the next song's gonna be thirty seconds of yeah, pure it's gonna get awesomeness. <laughs> it's gonna be shorter and shorter until then yeah. they just stop. Remember right. no, around fifty? I promise, guys, I will yeah, never talk there. about this again until they release new music. Okay, I'm done. I'm done talking about it. <laughs> well, I know then we might not ever know. talk about it again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> to be a bit of optimistic though is when you do look at a lot of the Japanese bands, some of them have real staying power, loudness, celebrating uh, over 40 years. Uh, Anthem still puts out new stuff. So um, Shoya uh, is still doing their uh, concerts that they do every year uh, that helps promote the younger uh, ladies coming up in the scene. Mm -hmm. So I would just say it's probably MTH is probably just 
winding down for a little bit. And then when they start to fill it again, they know they got the power to do it. They'll, yeah. they'll probably just come roaring back when we won't even expect it. We'll be think, well, you know, they'll throw something new at us, some big, heavy, four minute long song. And I'm going to like, where did this come from? So, yeah, I, I think they'll, they just need a little bit of time. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I was just looking this up, man. They've been around since 1999. Like that, if their last album was in 2016, then that's a 17 year career. I'm not saying that is their last album. I'm just saying if it was, that's still a pretty good chunk of yeah. your life to dedicate to to that type of music. Like they're already at this point where you could guys, probably consider them as like the legendary maximum the hormone. But that's the Especially thing is the energy that- they brought during those 17 years. Yeah, but the thing is, I understand that. But then, why release these sixty seconds badass songs? These two. Is that all they feel like doing anymore? (laughs) I guess they're just like we already did three minute songs, man. We don't want to do that anymore. Well, look at the chat again. uh, I get it, man. I would be frustrated too. But uh, (laughs) but you know, I'm just saying they might have had their career and now they're done with it. Well, I mean, uh, a member in the chat here, Gordon Bell, brought up a good point. You know, some of them have families uh, that they're that they're working on and want to focus on. So maybe they're probably just taking some time off to do, uh, be more with their family. Oh, yeah. And they are still playing shows. You know, it's not like they're, they're not performing at all. I guess just the writing part. Okay. Imagine, maybe they need some new inspiration. Yeah, now imagine, this. A baby? imagine this. You're going to get together. Okay, guys, I understand all these points very well, but okay. Imagine you're a band, right? You're like, all right, cool. Let's get together and write two new songs. We're only going to work on it for a minute. We're only going to get record a minute length song. We're going to meet up. That's all the time we have to have is to do a minute. You can't even stretch it to 230 or something, you know? That's all I'm saying. They got together to do the two tracks. I hear a minute of songs, and then one of them got a phone call that the baby had to get a warm bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the way I see it is why, like, you could force yourself to stretch it out by like copying and pasting it yeah. and making it twice as long or you could just give it the best you can for one minute i actually i don't mind one minute songs because now when i look at youtube analytics of songs i post people watch like the first third and then it drops down to like well that's 30% normal attention you know that's like any people video have short attention spans these days <laughs> That's it's true. true. It is more likely to listen to the whole minute. Okay, but when they drop off on your songs, I mean, that's just because they, they're a lot of it is when people click on it and then they. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, moving on. We're going to go to the K Rock segment and we're going to start off with announcing the winner of the Rolling Courts towel that Andrew is giving away. And then shout out to was David, I believe, who donated this over to us, yes. the transporter. Thank you so much, David. We appreciate you so much. And if you are a member or a transporter, you are if you're both, you're entered in here twice. So we just want to say we appreciate you all, and we'll be posting up those Patreon reacts, and we're going to be doing another Patreon reaction after the stream. So let's go ahead and announce a winner for this, and we'll get to the K-Rock seg- segment. All right, you ready? Drum roll. Drum roll from mm. the drummer. Wave. You hear that? <laughs> shortest drum roll ever i know that was a, that was pretty short i don't yeah ran out of breath ran out of breath wow that was you got to work on that bro that was a second and a half all I right my has um, gone we, way down that sucks i didn't mean to blast we might have to block that off blast that email i don't know why it was an email on that i'm so sorry about that 
Um, oh, it looks like they're all emails. Yeah, they're all emails. So something Oops. went wrong here, guys. I am so sorry. We're gonna hey, we'll come back to that. Let's go do the the K Rock segment, and then um, why were those emails? That was a mistake on my part, and I truly apologize for that. But I think everyone's here. Well, we're gonna make this video private afterwards and repost later. So I'll take that out main video. Sorry about that. Um, well, he's the winner. Yeah, congrats <laughs> to the winner. That guy. <laughs> that guy's the winner. Congratulations to the winner. Yeah, no, yeah. congratulations. Well, I didn't see it already, so we'll probably have to the roll it again. Here. I don't know who it was, but I just didn't want to. Have I, it I, I saw it. It's on the video. <laughs> it's on the video. Well, remember it because I'm gonna making this private right afterwards. So I'm sorry. Well, congratulations to you. Uh, hit me up on Discord, or we'll send you an email now. Obviously, damn, I don't know how I do that. I feel so stupid right now. I'm so sorry, yeah. guys. We'll so send sorry. you an email. We have your email. Okay, cool. Champ has a champ will email you. Anyways, moving on. K-Rock. Let's go. Okay, so there's no K-Rock news. Oh, okay. Uh, that's, so that's cool about this segment, right? Um, the one piece of K-Rock information that I have is DIH uh, dropped their cover of You Give Love a Bad Name uh, two days oh, ago. Bon Jovi? Yeah, Bad, Bon Jovi song. Which nice. is, a, is a commonly covered song I am noticing now. A lot of people like to cover that song. So if you wanna if you wanna check out DIH, uh, that's K Rock group that uh, you know they that's the most recent thing that they've put up. They, they, um, is that their second video total? Because they did like no no they have a bunch on their channel. Didn't they do bandmate covers? Or am I getting confused with another? There's thing? a bunch of covers on here. There's a pink cover called "Slut Like You." There's like a, a "Welcome to the Jungle" cover. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah they have a bunch confused. of stuff on here. They are <laughs> so really check that good. out. I do have k-pop news mm -hmm. uh which i'll just uh, kind of run through real quick uh the first one is what uh you sent me alan which is that j-hope's uh bts's j-hope releases or he um well there's actually two pieces of j-hope news that which i will try to put together here uh the first one is that he released a surprise rock version of his new uh new single one of his newest singles called arson which is pretty cool. I haven't heard the song yet, but I love the idea of him. This song was already had like a guitar in it and was like pretty heavy in comparison to a lot of the other K-pop music out there. So the fact that he rockified it even more might be worth checking out, especially for people that don't listen to K-pop that might want to, you know, find like that sort of avenue, you know, tra traversing from from rock to the pop world. This might be a good starting spot. Like I said, I can't. I can't uh, vouch for it because I haven't heard it yet, but conceptually, it's a good idea. Um, and then we got, uh, you know, remember the really hot girl that I showed you guys last week on the stream? Yes. I already forgot. Yeah. What was it again? I don't know how you could forget. <laughs> Jenny Kim from Blackpink. I was just trying to get you to send the picture again, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> it's, still, it's still in our... Uh, still in our discord but uh yeah so she uh the new netflix i think it's a netflix series or maybe it's hbo max maybe uh new show called the idol just came out with their first episode last week uh it's the weekend show you know the weekend oh yeah the the, pop the artist yes yeah uh, it's his show and jenny kim the girl that i showed you from back blackpink is actually like uh one of the actresses on the show and it got a rousing nine percent on rotten tomatoes but <laughs> but well, it was the did disney it, make it <laughs> did disney make it <laughs> no apparently it's the opposite of anything that disney would put out it's supposed to be pretty uh pretty dirty but um oh 
not only did it get terrible reviews, but it was also the most engaged piece of entertainment in the week on social media. Number one. So terrible reviews, but also everybody watched it. So who actually that tells trusts, you a lot about our world. First of all, who trusts Rotten Tomatoes out there? Chat anyone? I, I never I trust them more than like IMDb or, or I don't trust any of them. Metacritic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just go watch YouTube videos about people that review them. Uh, I, th- I feel those are better <laughs> yeah. gauges for some reason. True, true, true. Um, okay, and then I'll just I'll run through the last uh, couple things here. Um, EXO is coming out with their new album the on July 10th. Um, Twice makes history as the first K-pop girl group ever to sell one million albums in the United States. Wow. Uh, and sort of related... To both of those, to uh, K-pop, but more just related to me, uh, Extraordinary Attorney Wu, the K-drama show that I've been watching over on my Patreon, uh, has just been renewed for a second season. Nice. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I wanted to throw this in when you were talking about the Japanese news, but I forgot to, to mention it. Um, Hyde from... Uh, Larkin Seal. Is, mm-hmm. is that how you say it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's got a new digital single coming out. So that's something to look forward to. And Polka Dot Stingray, four days ago, came out with a brand new song also that's called right. Denko Seika. Nice. And it, did they put a music video with that one? Polka Dot Stingray? Uh, looks like it's a live performance. Yeah, Doesn't live that performance one already have a ago. music video? Denko Seika? I, I guess this is the, just the live performance version it's an of older it. older song, I think. Mm. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's the first thing that they've put out in the last eight months. Yeah, because their last yeah. video was this one. Because I remember reacting to it. Uh, yeah, it's been a long right. time since they put up anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they they finally decided to upload something. Yeah, because they were on it, right? They had a couple songs, but um, just to cl- close off the K-pop K-rock segment, um, did we talk about that article that Andrew put up? Which one? Um, the I know you're talking about J-Hope. Was this? Uh, the same thing. J Hope of BTS banks 100 million with. Oh, that's street. what I was looking for, actually. Yeah. So, so why don't you just read it off? Andrew, you wrote title? it. You want to read what you wrote? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I could read what I wrote. Story time with Andrew. Story time <laughs> with Andrew. Oh, where'd I put it? All right. Yeah. So, um, I this one came up uh, just as sort of my news gathering research, and I saw that. Uh, J-Hope, uh, with his collaboration song with J. Cole, On the Street, ticked over 100 million streams on digital platform Spotify, and it's nearing uh, 40 million views on the YouTube channel. So, obviously, a lot of people out there are really digging this song. Uh, it's uh, definitely uh, a good one for uh, all the BTS fans, and uh, J-Hope with uh, the way he you know, raps to it, and then J. Cole comes in on the song. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a nice one uh, if you're really into that. Um, but the other thing also that popped up... In it was filmed article, in New York, by the way. They were they did this whole thing in New York City. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, because at the end, you see the two of them, they, they kind of a meet-up. So in the video, they're in different parts. Uh, J-Hope's down, like, literally on the street, uh, and then J. Cole's up on a rooftop, and he's rapping, doing his thing. And then at the end, they have a kind of a meet-up uh, so that you can see that they were actually sort of, you know, in the same city. Uh, so, yeah. What did nice... you think of the song, Andrew? You know, 
I'm trying to be more open to K-pop because I'm such a rock guy. Uh, it's it's usually not my jam. Um, I, I did like how it uh, flowed. You know, here's the thing, and I, I kind of see why a lot of this is so popular with people, is that you can... It, it's so relatable. You know, you even if you're not into it, it's like, yeah, I, I feel it. You know, uh, it, the lyrics in the song are about, uh, he says, you know, making his moves, walking, you know, and, and being on the street and still feeling, uh, you know, the, the energy of like the city, feeling the love. Uh, so it's a, uh, it's a, it's an interesting song. Um, uh, mm. and uh, I can tell how it can speak to a lot of people. I'll just throw this out there that w- I was not the hugest fan of that song overall, just as uh cause I really like J-Hope. J-Hope is, is one of my favorites in the entire genre. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. a big fan of him, but I would say again. I'm just going to reiterate what I what I read before. We should listen to that rock version of his other song to see if that bridges anything for for people that are trying to be more open minded towards the, the the pop world because that might really do a good job of it. Well, here's an interesting contrast, and uh, Champ, I really want to get your thoughts on this. Is that despite this song doing as well as as it has done, obviously what's what's more interesting is that BTS dropped a new song called Take Two. And some fans are a little bit upset with this particular song because J-Hope only has about 10 seconds of his vocals in this new BTS song. So I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to Take Two yet, but some fans are a little unhappy that uh, J-Hope seems to be getting... uh, I haven't haven't heard it yet, but I will say that you just approached um, K-pop fandom territory for the first time, my friend, which is... (laughs) That you will find this argument come across so many times because so many people have their their favorite in the group. You know what I mean? Like they 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 have their bias, is what they call it. It's a bias. And every time one of their guys like just doesn't get that, like there's seven people in the band. You know what I mean? There's seven people in the group. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard to separate uh, perfectly, you know, symmetrically make it work like that. But I am Imagine not surprised that you approached that in your first couple weeks of listening to this music because it is a constant and it can become very agitating. Chant, what if it was a minute song? Oh my god. You can't have seven people on a minute song. <laughs> I mean, they'd have to go back and forth word for word. <laughs> uh, Fair don't, point. Don't give them ideas. They may try. Yeah, uh, Blazing Soul in the uh, comment section just wants to to shout out Rolling Quartz and Dreamcatcher. Just want to say we just gave out, we just did a giveaway for Rolling Quartz. Um, but Dreamcatcher uh, is a K-pop group, sort of rock version, um, but they have Japanese songs, and when they do the Japanese songs, they make the metal, which is a really cool concept. So yeah, check I came out across some Dreamcatcher several years ago, and I, I definitely uh, appreciated what they were doing uh, from the sort of that K-pop K-rock side. Uh, yeah. but uh uh you know it's it's i mean like the thing about bts is even your grandparents uh have probably seen them on some of the morning shows uh like friends and family members uh will come up to me and say hey i saw this uh the, the, this group on on this morning show do you, you ever talk about bts on that uh, thing you do and i'm like well you know i know a little bit about bts because they're like the world's biggest K-pop band right now. So uh, it's true. My dad, anytime he comes across anything related to BTS, he sends it over to me. He has no idea like what genre it is or any other groups like that, but BTS, he knows them. 
Oh, when I tell people that I do Japanese music news, they'll say, they'll bring up BTS also. Yeah, yep, hilarious. Same, yeah. They're like, oh, so do you talk about BTS? I'm like, no. <laughs> Except that sometimes we do now. <laughs> well, now we do. Yeah, but back then, yeah. I was like, when I would mention the podcast, was like, like, oh, we talk about music-related things, but mainly it's Japanese music news and stuff like that, and then they yeah. always bring up BTS. Like, not quite the same, but now we do. You're right. Yeah, so now I can. I actually really enjoyed what I've heard from BTS, but I just... I listened to one song and then I haven't really heard any more. Yeah. Mm. Los Angeles. Oh, there's a lot of music out there to get through. Oh, like we talked died. about before. <laughs> Andrew's battery died. Uh oh. <laughs> no worries, Andrew. We're prepared. Look at this. We got the chat up here. Oh, uh, all right. So let's go to this top 10. We're going to run through it because we only got a couple minutes left. We didn't get to that other article. We'll talk about next week about the whole fake drum situation going on in the music world. We'll talk about that next week. I but, have so much to talk about when it comes to that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, so much. I could have talked about that for two hours straight. Too. Uh, there's some really good points. We'll get our thoughts collected and together and we'll have it ready. We won't, we won't react to the video. We'll just more like talk about it. Um, uh, we've I already wrote my notes down for it anyway. So we'll talk about that next week. But let's go through the top 10 real quick. We're going to just run through it. Uh, we have coming in at 10. Um, wrong chart. Wrong <laughs> selection here. Atarashigako went up two spots to number 10 with Saishun Wo. Now, is this more on... Uh, so they're doing rock in this song. So have you guys heard this song yet? I don't think I've heard this mm -hmm. one. Mm -mm. But anyway, they're coming at nine. Um, Yoshika setting the sun coming at in the ninth spot, going at two spots. Number eight, we have Vani Godana spot with such a bitter story. I think it's been on charts for a very, very, very long time. It's been here. It would premiere twelve weeks ago, so that's two months now. Uh, following the number seven, we got Yasobi with seventeen. Number six, we got Otto going down two spots with New Genesis Satsuma Super Arena um, performance. Number five, we have Queen B. Have you guys heard this song yet? Mephisto? Mephisto. Have you heard this? From Marvel? Yeah, it's interesting. No, I haven't. It's a very interesting band. You should check it out. We have First Take with uh, Hain, um, Koshi, and Naba. This is from Bees. Did I say it right? BZ. I think they say it BZ. No, they but told me to say bees, bees, just say it like that, because <laughs> I accidentally used to say it like that, too. Um, number three, we had Tattoo, Official Dism, uh, staying right there at the third uh, spot. It's uh, Official Higay Dandism. So it's interesting. They put dandism. a little bit of kanji between the English letters. Ah, okay. Number two, we have Malay with Man with a Mission. Um, and then number one, we have Man with a Mission um, with Malay. Still. And they're staying <laughs> right there at the uh, three spots, top three spots. And it. that concludes it for today, guys. I'm not sure who won that um, prize earlier today, but just hit me up on Discord. Um, Champ will send an email out to you, and uh, we'll go from there and we'll get the address for me to ship it out there so oh i heard the song because cynical requested it all right so i have heard that arthur ishigako song thank you cynical and i can't remember how it sounds for some reason um anyways you want to sign us off champ Normal yeah, stuff? yeah sure if you guys want more of us which some of you might a lot of you probably don't but some of you might. You can go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash guys, uh, where we do group reactions over there to music that um, you guys like. And uh, today is going to be, what are we doing today? We're doing uh, Fuki's solo song. So 
you know you can join us over at the, the ten dollar tier if you want the most recent reactions or the five dollar tier which is about two weeks behind to catch up on uh, any of the stuff that you haven't heard from us do yet all right guys you guys have a good one right we'll see you guys next sunday and uh ryan should be here with us next sunday right i think He'll be talking about his adventures in Japan. We'll be talking about fake drums plaguing the world of rock and metal and all and anything else that happens during the week. But those two topics mm. are definitely happening for sure.